Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 52. We're coming to you from the Stud at 25.8 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Mark. I run 25.8. <laughs> and uh, we have no Lauren this week. No. Uh, but we do have uh, some really great guests with us. Uh, we have two representatives from uh, Friends of Lackawanna, if you want to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Michelle Dempsey. Hi, I'm Pat Clark. See, that wasn't hard, was it? <laughs> that was a pretty short introduction. <laughs> no. And what do you do, Michelle? <laughs> what do I do? Good question. <laughs> and what do you do, Pat? Your shirt's tucked in, so it must be serious day. <laughs> time. I do podcasts in my spare time. <laughs> have you have you both done podcasts before? I listened to them, but I've never done one. Oh, okay. Do you have an iPhone? Yeah, I do. All right, then you can get this easy. All right, cool. Yeah. So we're here to talk about what it is that you guys do not I guess this is now starting to become kind of a profession. <laughs> it's become a movement, that's for sure. Um so why don't you um man, there's no easy way to get into it. So I just know. tell me what's Friends of Lackawanna all about. So much to tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. It's been a long time now. Um Friends of Lackawanna was started uh in uh, as a group of people who came together um, in opposition of the expansion of the Keystone Sanitary Landfill. That's at its base, how it started. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely the membership has grown from there and, uh, and you know, our sort of day-to-day has grown from there. And it's, uh, it, it, we're, we're really committed to making, you know, to protecting this area environmentally, specifically from that expansion. But what what was like the impetus of it? What was it, like, do you remember like the day where it was like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Something seems amiss here. Yeah. I got a, my mom, you know, I, I think everybody's moms forward them articles half the time you just delete, you know, yeah. like, or get to that later. Yeah. What moms go like, through. You know, another kind of crazy <laughs> joke or whatever, you know, like, or something political that you don't agree with. Like, right. you know, that's normally what I got from my mom. Yeah. Right? Um, but this particular day, it was uh, an article um, in the Times Tribune about, uh, it was called Piling It On, and it was talking about the Keystone Sanitary Landfill and um, how they were applying for a 50-year permit. And like, I just remember blood rushing to my face and being like, what? I grew up in Swinnick's neighborhood, and I guess the landfill's been there for a long time, but for you didn't really know it was there when I was growing up because it was actually a landfill. Like it was going in the ground and you sort of didn't know it was there. Michelle so, is kinder than uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. The The name in and of itself needs to be adjusted. Yeah. The Keystone Sanitary Landfill. There's right. nothing sanitary about it and there's nothing landfilling about it either. No. It's building a mountain. So I think, go ahead. A building a mountain of trash that is not that sanitary they, that, at all. So, okay. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Mark, I'll throw you off. We'll get to that. Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're a lawyer. That's what you do. Yeah. And then I just noticed, I think in the past, probably the past 10 years, 10 years or so, I started on, on my way to, um, you know, uh, I don't live in Sonix anymore. I live up at Music Lakes. And on my way up, I started to see this like- Commotion. Like, like, yeah, like stuff happening. And then all of a sudden I started to smell, like it started to smell bad. And I knew it was like, like then I knew it was a landfill, right? And it went from these like, this kind of small hill to this bigger hill. And then I'll, like one day I turned around as a mountain. Right? And, and I just thought, and it, the smell got so bad, I could smell it three miles away at the lake. And we started to get seagulls landing on our lake as we still do, just completely coating the lake. Uh, seagulls. They're actually not seagulls, they're gulls, but you know, they're 
they're very notable in so much as they're scavenger birds that spend the day picking at the landfill and then, you know, come and roost on our on our water. Uh, but where do they the where do they come stuff. from? They're not were they here twenty they, years ago? No, I I mean I we've been at the lake our entire lives. You know, the summer. I mean, was up this there. an X Men thing? <laughs> like, how, where did where did these and like in other words. Like if 20 years ago, there was no grizzly bears in my backyard right. and all of a sudden there's grizzly bears right. and I live in Manhattan, right. <laughs> should I ask a question? Right. You might want to say what might what, have what's happening? those grizzly bears. Okay. You know, so clearly these, these scavenger birds are attracted by the massive amounts of garbage mm-hmm. um, in the open face of the landfill every day, or at least during the times of year that they're, that they're around. And so um, I thought, well... This, this is horrible. I can smell this at my home. And these birds are landing on my lake. And I knew that there were a few years left on the, like maybe five years, it was a 10 year permit. And I'm like, just, just tough it out, tough right? Tough it out. And then it'll be over. They'll cap it. It'll be done. And then I read this article about 50 years and I can't even, I couldn't even believe it. And they were talking about a train, like having a train bring garbage from New York and New Jersey. And they were talking about, um, you know, just everything about it was like horrifying. And I just, I couldn't help myself. I started to talk to anybody who listened to me. Um, you know, is anybody else as horrified as I am about this? And um, then I found Catherine uh, Mackerel Oven, right? And she was just, my, sis, my sister heard me talking about it and then heard her talking about it and then put us together. And that was sort of the beginning of Friends of Lackawanna. Yeah, but like what month year was this article? May, 2014. It was April, actually, 2014. And then you and Catherine got together. About May of 2014. So within like a couple of weeks. Well, within like a month or so. Yeah. And then we started going to Dunmore Council meetings. And that's um, and that's where really Friends of Lackawanna started to coalesce. And that's where I met Pat and his his wife and, um, and a lot of other members of Friends of Lackawanna who cared very much about what was happening and... Um, and that's where it all started. Yeah, I mean, for for those who don't live in the area, I mean, the, the, to give you a perspective, I mean, to, to look at it, you would actually think that it is a mountain. It is really that high from a distance because we're in a valley surrounded by mountains and you just see this big peak here and, and you can't imagine that that's actually trash. Now, Pennsylvania has so much trash uh, from, from New York, New Jersey, everywhere else coming in here, right? That's right. About 60%, Pat, 60% of the, the landfill garbage is from out of state. Yeah, Keystone specifically about 60%. And Pennsylvania imports more trash than any other state in the country. Wait, out of, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So it's 50 nifty United States. We import yeah. more trash than anyone in the United States. Than any other state in the United States. And it's not close. Mm-hmm. We are America's garbage can. So just to, just to give perspective, if like... Pennsylvania is a hundred. What's the next closest state that takes get, takes trash? I believe Virginia is, and I don't know what percentage is it, but it's not very close. Not even comparative to what we do. No. Okay. And in the state, we're the third largest landfill. Yeah, to put it in perspective, right? The average person produces about four pounds of garbage a day, four and a half pounds of garbage a day. Right. The Keystone landfill takes in about fifteen million pounds of garbage a day, six days a week. Fifth. What? 15 million pounds of garbage a day. It's, right? it's almost no, inconceivable. I'm sitting here going like... Yeah. You, you try to wrap your head around those numbers. You can't. You, and, and when you look... It's like comparing a gobstopper to a nuclear weapon. Yeah. It's just like... 
it's it's almost incomprehensible. And when you look back at that landfill from Dixon City and and the amount of acreage it takes up, that big bald spot, it actually is like a cancer growth on the side of the mountain, right? And it's as big as the the entire township next to it. And and it's so big and we forget because we see it every day. I right. mean, unfortunately, we've just become used to it. Yeah. Like that's sad. But we work with an environmental activist, a famous environmental activist. Her name is Lois Gibbs, and she was a key leader in uh, the Love Canal, um, the Love Canal issue, which we'll get into later. But she came to this area recently, and she was like, her mind was blown. She said it was the largest landfill she's ever seen, ever, ever in her thirty-seven years. Now, what? Now, real and, quick, and ours is right next to a community. Ours is in the middle of a thriving residential community. So, how close was Love Canal to her community? They were built on top of it. That's Love Canal was built on top of a wa- toxic waste dump. Wait, so they <laughs> isn't isn't that the plot for Poltergeist? Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you move the headstones, but not the graves. So, so Love Canal was literally built on top of a toxic landfill. Yeah, and and very much you know like what we find people were telling them, oh, the sicknesses have nothing to do with that. Yeah, your kids are getting epilepsy. Your kids are, um, you, you know, your, your kids are their IQs are being hurt. They're some of them are dying. But actually, one of the women who came to an event we had recently, her child passed away in Love Canal, and everybody was being told it had nothing to do with the toxic waste dump that the the community was built on top of. I mean, everybody meaning meaning uh, like all the state officials and the elected regulatory officials, agencies, regulatory agencies, and and even the people were. Like not the you know these regulatory agencies are here to protect us, so nobody would actually believe that they'd build a school or community on top of a toxic waste dump, right? But they did, and you know, and it. She ended up. She ended up through her efforts and many other people coming together in her community. Um, President Carter actually moved 873 families out of Love Canal. So, do do you have a? Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just looking up something. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought I actually, I, I, I actually like kind of prepared for this. <laughs> right. Well, what, what I, what I think is, is interesting is you, you said it started out just as a few people and, uh, you know, me and Mark were at the event last week and, uh, you know, you filled a ballroom full of people at the Radisson. So no, 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 they I filled think, the ballroom and then they had to expand. Exactly. The you See, know, you guys farther. are doing your own expansion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better, much better kind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, they so had this, to add what? 200 more seats. Yeah, I, I just saw seats coming in constantly. Yeah, we planned on great. about 200 and there were over 400 that showed up. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is, uh, you know, growing to a, a legitimate movement now. Yes. You know, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, having covered, you know, city council, county commissioners for, for many years, uh, I would see people come in and it was like one or two guys who said they represent the whole area and they really didn't. They were just, you know, some guy who wanted to spout off and see himself on, you know, local TV or something like that. This is a, this is not only a real impactful issue that, that affects us all, but now it's getting to the point where, uh, you know, there, there are more and more people speaking out about this. This isn't something where it's just you guys. Now, now there's I, uh, much beyond that. I want to eventually get to the point where what the impact is mm-hmm. or the potential impact. It's really scary. Um, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the guy who's, you know, you know, like the crazy guy who's like, Obama's going to take away your guns. Yeah. I don't want to be that. No. I don't want to give that but illusion. Mark, Mark, sure. It's terrifying. But you did a pamphlet 
Yeah. And the pamphlet has certain global landmarks on it to give perspective. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that you know how to use AutoCAD. <laughs> okay, right? What? Right? I forget I had a day job, yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, this might be a dumb question, but yeah, when, no you dumb did, when you did the perspective, uh-huh. is it to scale? Oh, <laughs> it's to scale. There's there's one I did looking back from Dixon City, and I spent I spent a lot of time on that one just because I knew it could come under fire. Um, to the best of to the best of my knowledge, it is. Yeah, um, you know I. So you have the Eiffel Tower because I took I took yeah that section is definitely to scale, and there's a 3D looking back from Dixon City that I I worked off all the the drawings that the DEP had, you know, all the engineering drawings. Um, and yeah, the, it's it's going to be over. If you look at the Statue of Liberty and you put another Le- Statue of Liberty on top of it, it's even taller. It's so tall to put it in perspective because it's sometimes it's hard. It's so tall. It's like it's going to need lights to warm planes. That, that that's how that's how tall it's going to be. All right. Now, when you started, it's going to be taller than almost every other mountain in our area. The ones that God made. The ones that God made. Yeah. Our garbage <laughs> mountain will be as tall, if not taller, than almost every mountain range around it. All right. So And it'll certainly look taller from from the valley, from inside the valley. So but you're you're an architect slash engineer? Architect. Okay, but you you deal with engineers because I, I you, you yeah. know that I come from a construction background and my yes. family owns a, a steel business. Yep. I can read blueprints, I can understand scale and all that stuff. Um when you went out there and started doing that, mm-hmm. did it hit home more For when me, you actually went, oh, there's the Eiffel Tower comparatively? Yeah, it, it, it's it, everything, everything we do, everything we do, every layer of the onion we peel back is more terrifying. The more we dig, the more we scrape, the more we research. It just like... I wish I could set off alarm bells. I wish I could like run around like, you know, the British are coming. The British are, you know, like, yeah. I wish I could just be knocking and like, just like shaking people. Do you have any idea how bad this is? Do you have any idea how awful this is for our community? And why are we putting ourselves at this risk? Why are we putting our, our homes and our families and our health at this risk for, for what, what are we getting out of this? So when, Let's get to that too. But when when you guys started organizing and you met Pat, and then you know, obviously when groups start, they start. You know, yeah. people start. You start. Okay, your your strong point is that. Your strong point is that. Mm-hmm. Your strong point is that. You guys started filing right to know requests yeah. and you know freedom of information stuff. Correct. Yes. How hard was that to, to kind uh, of to get the information to get the information. I mean, was it, I mean, cause usually people think like, you just file, you know, you Google it. And yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's been challenging to get. In most cases, we've gotten a lot of the information we're seeking. Uh, the Scranton Times had a reporter, Brendan Gibbons, who was an environmental reporter. He's, he's recently moved out of the area. Uh, he had done a, an enormous amount of heavy lifting in terms of getting right to no requests and documents. He, you know, his background is environmental uh, training. He got a ton of the stuff. Uh, we got some of that stuff as well. And then we followed up on our own as well. Um, so when you started getting those in, like, cause, cause the moment you file a right to no request, it becomes public, right? Well, you can choose to make it public. Yeah. We can only. So get is it. that, is that what Brendan did? 
Yeah, he had gotten the, the the public documents from DEP and all the reports they had collected over time up at Keystone. And then he'd used that, you know, and done a lot of analysis on it to, to write a lot of stories on the issue as well. So when the group sits down and looks at that, and like you said, peeling back the onion, yeah. what is what is the consensus of the group as you keep peeling it back? Because not only is it just you guys, I mean, there's homeowners, residents. Yeah. Well, you know, the first, the first thing is the nuisance, right? So the first thing you sort of struck by is like the smells and like Lois Gibbs said, like yeah. I, I bought this beautiful home and I can't open my windows. Right. So. Well, one of the striking things that she said to me that a smell is toxic. Yeah. Well, what do you, why do you think it smells bad? Right? That's, but that's the thing, you know, and I heard, I heard, I heard somebody say quite a few years ago that if every, if, if every resident, and this is, and this is not like to denigrate the town. It's just kind of like the, the we're Scranton's kind of used to, to use a term loosely getting shit on. Yeah. So if, if everybody woke up tomorrow morning and the streets were lined in horse shit, they'd buy taller cowboy boots <laughs> and that, and I think our generation is trying to change that paradigm to be like, yeah, let's clean it up and, or not have the horses be there. Yeah. My, my, the, the phrase that makes me, my skin crawl is it's a done deal. Yeah. You know, that just makes me want to scream, um, you know, because nothing changes if if nothing changes, if you, don't, you know, if you don't try. I think there's two. And one of the things, Michelle, and I've joked about over time is there's an old the science of it is debated. But a lot of times people say, you know, if you put a frog into a pot of boiling water, it'll jump out immediately. Yeah. Because it realizes the water is boiling. Right. If you put a frog into a pot of lukewarm water, put it on the stove and, and raise the temperature, water, the frog will boil to death. Right. And the, the, the parable behind it is things that change slowly over time don't get noticed and you're willing to accept it to your ultimate demise. And this landfill is probably a good example of that. Right. Mm -hmm. It just keeps taking in 14, 15 million pounds of garbage a day every day for decades and decades and decades. And all of a sudden it's too late. You just mentioned something like when the group started organizing. Have you guys seen the, the movie The Big Short? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Where that guy, the, the, he's considered crazy and he's like, he sees us and he's certain as hell that he's right. And he looks at it and he's like, why doesn't everyone see this yet? Is this the Christian Bale character? Yeah. That, yeah. The, that, that, you know, he sees it and he's like, this is going to crash and cause terrible results. Why isn't everyone? And everyone thinks he's crazy, right? You're like, and you're watching it. And then ultimately what happens, right? He was right. Cause he had the facts and he had the data and he had the common sense to say, okay, this is different. Something's wrong here. And then he, he was correct. Right. Unfortunately for millions of people, it's kind of similar, right? When we started, people were saying, yeah, we admire that's, you know, way to stick up for things. You're crazy though. Right. And now you fill a ballroom, sold out with a federal senator, a state senator, and perhaps the most famous environmental activist of our generation. You know, that shifted. The, the momentum has certainly changed and the perception as well. I just, just we spend most of our podcast with Rich and I going like, you? No, you, you. Yeah. yeah. We're constantly holding the door open for each other. <laughs> We're so polite. I, yeah. I think sometimes that, that adage, you know, if you can't see it, I don't know how the adage goes, but you know, if you can't see something, it's like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So that's, I, a, that's also used to, to appease children with monsters. Right. Michelle, right. Yes. Yeah, you're out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight. Thank you. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Um, much better with analogies, Pat. Well, he's a lawyer. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, again, it's like, so in the beginning it was like, I can smell it, the birds, uh, I can see it now, our reputation. It's been proven if you live near a landfill, especially a mega landfill, which is like five takes 500 tons a day and this takes 
up to 7,200. Is that considered a mega landfill? Like 500, 500 tons wait, a day. Wait, so wait, they even have categories for landfills. Yeah. This is considered a mega landfill. Mega landfill. It's, and it blows mega away. Yeah. Like mega is just, there, there needs to be a new category for this one. And so- And that's nationwide? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, okay. Yeah. So if you live near a mega landfill, which is 500 tons a day, again, we're up to like 7,250, um, your home value drops by 14%. All right. So 13%. So just think of, you know, take your home, whatever the value of the home is you live in, you know, if you're within a mile of landfill and within you know, a mile. Yeah. Most and, of these homes are within a quarter mile, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it keeps going out too. So to Michelle's point that this guy that did this study, he's a professor um, and he studied the impact of, of landfills on economies and specifically on, on property values. So we're not a shy group. We reached out to him right away and said, hey, here's what's going on. What do you think? And he wrote an opinion letter for us and said, no, absolutely. It's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's with 99.8% certainty that these facts that, you know, they do all these studies across the country in terms of what landfills are impacted. And I think it, I think the number is with 99.8% certainty, here's the impact it has. And the farther away you go, the lesser the impact. But this thing is in the middle of the densest community of any community in Pennsylvania that hosts landfills. So the number of houses that are going to be impacted is more as well. And like, as Lois said, how dare they? Like, how dare they take away the value of the home you worked so hard for and a lot of people rely on, you know, uh, it's their biggest investment. You know, sometimes it's their retirement and now it's worth 14% less. So you're worried about paying a little more in garbage fees? Like, how much does that cost? Oh, you, you know, know what? this is one of the famous arguments we get too. The dump was there before these houses were built. Okay. That was true in some cases and not true in others, right? There was a housing development before the dump started. But once the dump was there, people say, well, it was there. You should have known that. Like, why'd you move into Dunmore? The dump was there. Well, is, is, that, is that to say that no one should move into Dunmore? Right. Well, it's a crazy argument. They but won't. Then if Trust you, me. Yeah. It's not too far away if, the, if this thing goes through. The, the, the sad part is, if so, if you, say you move next to a neighbor and they want to put an addition on their house, would you be okay with them building a hundred foot skyscraper next to your house? No, it's all relative, right? Like this thing is not an expansion of three feet. They want to go 200 and what is it? 220, 220 feet, feet higher than what they is. are right now. Yeah, It's not like this thing is minor. The, the property is 750 acres. This isn't like a needle. I mean, it's until you go there, until you look at some maps, some some Google images or Google Earth, I encourage anyone to do have it. You been, have you been there? Yes. Oh yeah, we had hot dogs up there. <laughs> no, we did not eat the hot dogs. <laughs> Radioactive hot dogs. <laughs> no, no I mean, I mean, just, no, just I mean, full full disclosure. I, I I did go up there. Yeah, we did too. over yeah, the summer, and just to give people perspective, you know, I've I've been following your, and trust me, I I don't know if people really realize this, but you guys are are literally. It's I, I said it the other day. I said it's like David fighting ten Goliaths. Mm. Um, but until you get in the middle of up there you have no idea how big it is it's it's like mine it really is mind-blowing and you know that and the, like if i shot a bu- if i was trying to kill somebody and yeah. i shot a bullet yeah from one side of the landfill to the other i could probably watch an episode of something on netflix before it hits them yes. <laughs> like that's how big well they have the tours right and it just, is just the fact that you get on a school bus and they say this tour is going to take between 45 minutes of an or an hour to drive around the facility yeah. right i mean that's you can crazy. get from here to where past Allentown in an hour sure I mean you drive around a school bus for an hour and get to see everyone's garbage okay (laughs) and you know and that's so what I learned when I went up there uh and it speaks to okay so the initial things that annoy people were the smells and the birds and the the look of it and the reputation but then we started doing like really again peeling back the onion and and finding things out you know and as soon as you scratch the surface it is 
It is crazy. So the first thing that Brendan Gibbons reported was that um, for 12 years, for 12 years, leachate, raw leachate has been leaking into our groundwater. So for people who don't know what leachate is, and we were talking before the show about in the 80s when we had to boil water because of this problem. Yeah. What is leachate? It's it's essentially garbage juice. So when it rains, the, the But it's water, like compacted and compressed. Well, it goes, it's, so it rains and the water moves through the landfill, kind of picking up all kinds of horrible things along the way, including the fracking stuff, which is new, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. But so it picks up everything horrible as it moves through and this thick, like black liquid, um, then you know, is collected because now it's lined, you know, so it's collected in pipes and then taken to lagoons. And then from the lagoons, it goes through a pretreatment plant on the site and then it gets sent to the sewer authority. Okay. So and the sewer authority is located how many miles from the landfill? It's in South Scranton. So I don't know. Three or four miles. Yeah. Something like that. Through underneath neighborhoods. Three or four miles of pipe. Yeah. So underneath neighborhoods. But, but here's the thing, the, the pipe um, back in, 1990, there was a, an agreement, people in the- 25 leaching, years ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. Uh, the When the landfill reopened as a sanitary landfill, they well, wanted- Wait, wait, why, why, why were they closed? Oh, they were closed because-, um, they, because What year was this that they were closed? In the late 80s, they 87. were closed for 87, for violations, for- they had so many violations, they got closed, uh, closed down. Um, and then they reopened as a sanitary landfill and they had, you know, with the liners and the pretreatment plant and everything. Um, but just to finish up on the leachate thing. So 12 years, the leachate has been going into our water and for 12 years, um, they, the department of environmental protection, Pennsylvania department of environmental Te- protection, which we call the DEP never issued a violation and never told the public, which they are required to do. Um, now, when you say leaching into our water, what is that? Into our sewers? Into our into our groundwater? So oh, into what? Yeah, our groundwater. So you know, our groundwater bypassing the pipe. No pipe, just going right into our groundwater, raw, raw, just awful. You know how precious our groundwater is. You know, and our soil. You know, just going right into it. Now, for the people listening in Waverly, you have well water. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to be downhill. That's all right. I'm saying. So wait um, for 12 years. For 12, now 13, because it's still leaking. Right. So then what I learned at the landfill that day that we went up is that in a sanitary landfill that has a liner, I thought like these liners had to be every so many feet that they would have these plastic liners. And I don't know. I just had this like sort of opinion of in my head of what it would be. The liner is only at the bottom. Right. It's like, and it's about, it's a little thicker. It's maybe, you know, like a thick fingernail. Like it's not that. Oh, really? It's not that thick. And it, you know, it, it's like a few millimeters thick. And Wait, like a, almost like a pool liner. Kind of. I don't, I don't, I've never seen a, but it's not, it's really like, it's like that. It's, it's only a few millimeters thick. And I was kind of, and I asked the engineers there, I'm like, this, this is it. This is what's at the bottom. Yeah. So, Okay, what at the bottom of the seven seven hundred and some feet that this will be when it's all said and done? Yeah. So what happens if if there's a hole, right? Because it doesn't look like it's hard to puncture this thing. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't just doesn't look hard. Um, I'm like, how would you how would you fix it? How would you know where it was and how would you fix it? 
no, they weren't really clear how you'd figure out where it is, but there's there are ways to kind of at least get in a general zone. Like you can understand from some of the Does testing. that mean you have to dig down 250 feet? 700 and some feet by the time it's done. What, 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 yeah. what, what? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be over 700 feet high from the base of the landfill to the top of it. So almost two and a half football fields they have to drill. Yeah, they would have to, they would have to dig it out to get down to the liner to and, find. And maybe that's where it is. And maybe that's where it is. And so, um, you know, so as as one of our guests said the other night, what he knows for sure is eventually every landfill leaks. And this one is leaking now, right? Even in the line portions. So, you know, not only is it going into our water where it's unlined, but it's going, we believe it's going into our water where it's lined. And then this leachate, getting back to that. So where does it go from here? So first of all, our groundwater is being contaminated. Has been for 13 years. The only reason that they that it came out was because of Brendan's reporting. And now the leach So he filed a right to know for that. He he looked at I think he looked at some data. I mean it's in the it's in the data. I think he he collected the data on Right. Um but the leachate itself is supposed to go through um it's called a dedicated line, okay? So it's a line dedicated solely to leachate. That's it. That's all that runs through it. It's not connected to anything else. Like it, it doesn't connect to any homes or any businesses. It's like a dedicated line for leachate that would bring it to the sewer authority. One line that has no other inputs. Right. Along it. Along it. It's, just that it, one line from the landfill right, down to the sewer authority. Until it gets to a trunk line and then the sewer authority. Okay. Because back wow. back in after so after they reopened as a sanitary landfill, they needed to figure out what to do with their leachate. And um the you know, the landfill and the sewer authority, the sewer authority said, We'll we'll take it, right? Um, and then the people of Greenridge said, wait a minute, and the city said, No, we don't wanna take it. So long story short, there was a settlement agreement because the line that runs through the other line, there's another line that comes from there, runs through Green Ridge. It's a combined sewer overflow line, right? And what that means is it connects to people's homes. It connects to businesses. And in a big storm event, it can go right directly into the river, into the Lackawanna River. So it's not dedicated, so to speak. So if it backs up, you're getting leachate in your home, if that makes sense. So they... They said, we don't want that risk. So we don't want the leachate running down here. And so there was a, a binding settlement agreement in 1990 that said, you, you know, that from now on you use this dedicated line and you're not allowed to use this one anymore. And that line runs where? Um, it runs. So it's like a secondary line just in case. Yeah. That's what they were trying to propose it as. Well, it's, it's not, it's not a second. According to the most recent permit, it's not even an emergency line. Um, the only line they're allowed to use is the, the dedicated, dedicated line. line. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're never supposed to use that. But then, um, you know, there was a horrible smell incident in uh, September of 2015. Right. There was like some, the odor so bad that the, um, the medically fragile uh, residents of St. Joe's had to be evacuated. That's how bad the smell was. Wow. Um, sleep in and Dunmore had to be evacuated. Any The like, hotel. The mm -hmm. hotel. People people who live on or near this line were just like, could, like could hardly be in their homes. You and know? this line from runs from the it, landfill to where? From, from the landfill down Monaghan Avenue. It's sort through of- Through the cemetery. Through the cemetery. Through the Dunmore Cemetery. Right. Yeah. And then down- Down through Green Ridge. Yeah. Down through Green Ridge and then along the river to the- uh, down past Green Ridge Corners, down towards the plot. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it it possibly empties into the plot. 
Well, no, then it goes to the sewer authority. But so wait, that seems like a scenic route to get to the sewer authority. <laughs> it's pretty scenic, yeah. But the thing is, it's all gravity. So the entire way, it's downhill. The dedicated line needs to be pumped, so you have to pay to pump it. Just something you should note. Mm. Um, so definitely be cheaper to send it down the gravity-fed line. Yeah. Right? Um, and so anyway, that after that smell incident, a lot of questions were raised, especially by friends of Lackawanna. Long story short, in December of 2017, the sewer authority changed a permit midstream, like in the middle of the permit, um, and allow and and said, "Oh, we're just you know, it's it's a little confusing. We're actually we should have had this other sewer line in here." And um, so they added the sewer line that goes through Green Ridge to the permit, and they said it was a um, they said it was a typographical error. So they added a com- completely added another line. I.e., they didn't do spell check. <laughs> right, right. Like which, which, which is basically what that says. A typographical yeah. error is is like we didn't put in an apostrophe. Yeah, it's like they 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 pretended that the settlement agreement never happened. So we're in the middle of of uh, you know raising awareness in Green Ridge about this because what that means right now is that leachate from the landfill can run carp launch down that line. Anytime. Unrestricted. Unrestricted. It is another outfall. It doesn't say in an emergency. It doesn't say uh, only under certain special conditions. It it lists two lines that can be used at any time. And that's one of them. So we're talking, you know, homes, businesses, uh, uh, you know, uh, parks, uh, uh, schools, any uh, stuff like that. Anything connected to that line, if it backed up. Wow. Leachate could back up too. Into your homes. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of kids, especially in Green Ridge, a lot of families, you know, a lot of their kids play in the basement. Right. You know, they have a furnished basement or whatever. So that means, and, and you got to have, you know, th- things in, in place in case like, oh, you know, every now and again, there's a flood. Wow. My neighbor next door in West Side, if the water comes in, he has yep. a pump. Yeah. That is coming into their homes, which is, which could possibly be the could actual possibly. liquid. Could possibly be. And it's, and it's definitely the smell. Well, I'm, we've we've had anecdotal reports about people smelling. They know in Green Ridge, they know what leachate smells like. Yeah, you know, um, especially and, longtime residents yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and we've just had reports that they've smelled it for decades. And so, because nobody knows, we've asked over and over, how would you ever know when the landfill is using that line, and when and how much, and we never get an answer. And actually, the night of that solvent incident. They admitted that they were, that they were, um, using that line. But now let me. Let they me... said the pumps were broken, and so the pumps to use the dedicated line because it goes uphill. Yeah. They said the pumps were broken, so they were using that line, and and then they backtracked on that later. <laughs> so all right, so <laughs> it was a miscommunication. As a legal professional, Pat, <laughs> to go change a permit like that, can you can like me? Like if I work down there, can right. I just walk in, just change the wording of it and be like, all right, that's good. Or no, is there I, supposed I, to be a, a protocol? I suspect that wouldn't fly. Uh, no, I, I think the issue, there's two issues involved. The first is how and what are the procedures around changing permits, right? And that's what they did unilaterally. The second part, which is probably more of the legal issue is how can you unilaterally change a settlement agreement without the parties agreeing to it, right? Without the parties agreeing right. to it, so this, right. So this is where they said, okay, now this is allowed. There was a settlement agreement for a reason the first time, and there were parties involved with that. The city was one of the parties, is that correct? That's right. 
Right. So the city is one of the parties. The city, the city of Scranton. Right. Yeah. And the city of Scranton wasn't involved in this this revised settlement, this revised permit. I mean, don't you think they would get the people together who are part of the settlement and say, hey, look, we... Right, that's theoretically what should happen legally. So what Michelle has been leading the charge on is just making sure that, you know, Scranton City Council and people in the city know, like, hey, here's what's going on. Because this is, an, you know, this is just another example. Mm-hmm. When you talk about pulling things back. The more you look, the more you find. There's there's sadly some apathy now. It's just like, like you said, you know, sometimes people just feel like they're getting shit on continuously. At some point, people... I don't want to say give up, but you kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, you know, it's par for the course. And I think that's part of what we're trying to help show that it doesn't have to be that way. Let's look at this thing, actually. But the fixing of this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. To make a difference, you have to you have to really be engaged. Yeah, we started, I think Michelle said, the summer of 14, right? We're in 16 now, 2016. We've been at this for over a year and a half already. Um, We're probably looking at at least another year. Do either one of you have a day off from thinking about this landfill? (laughs) <laughs> if we're being honest, no, no. <laughs> you can't. You're, 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 no, it's too engrossing. All right, so so let me ask. Do you have a question before? Well, you you had mentioned the uh, the, the the fracking mm-hmm. uh, chemicals in the in the leachate. Yeah. Uh, now you know the f- fracking, of course, has been a you know a big uh, issue around the state and everything. And do people even understand that that stuff is being you know put right in that dump there, and that uh, you know it could uh, theoretically be in their water? And what is it? To be to be specific, it's is a it? Good is question. It, I'll start with what they can take. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think the state even. And what's knows in that what truck? Exactly. I don't. I don't exactly. know. Right. It's, so that landfill is the a blood lot. of Batman's villains. We don't. <laughs> 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 that landfill is allowed to take up to twenty five hundred tons of uh, drill cuttings. Twenty five hundred tons, right? A day. Tons. So how many thousands of pounds in that is that? <laughs> times two thousand. So twenty five hundred times two thousand. Um, <laughs> so it's fifty or sixty. No, wait, no, 500. Yeah, so it's roughly- So it's 500,000. No, 5, so 5 million? Yeah, because they can talk, take roughly 7,500 tons a day, and that's about 15 million pounds. It is 15 million pounds, and 2,500 is about a third, so they can take 5 million pounds of frac- drill cuttings a day. Um, now, that's the stuff. Now, drill cuttings is when they when they drill down, they use the frac fluid, they use water, they use right. salts, they use yeah. some sort, and every now and again, there's a little bit of irradiated- Right. So there's not, radiation naturally occurs in, the, in this rock that far down. Right. So they bring those drill cuttings. You know, when everything comes back up, they dr- bring those drill cuttings to be, uh, I don't know how they treat it. And anyone who's a carpenter knows that if you drill into the wall, when you come out, the wood's going to come out right. of the wall. What do you do with the wood? Yeah, they put it in the landfill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's, now, it's radioactive. So, there's so, that. They need radio, they need monitors around the landfill when the trucks come in. Radioactive monitors. Yeah. The, and... And, you Basically, know, Geiger counters. Every truck that comes in with with the fracking, the drill, uh, the drill cuttings has to go through a radioactive sensor to determine how much radioactivity is in that specific. But it's not mesh. zero. No, it's not zero. There's a threshold by which it can't exceed, or the alarm bells go off. One of our points has always been, okay, what is the cumulative aggregate impact of that over decades? And, and unfortunately, you can't answer it because it's never been done before. So then they get the approval after that. Now I think they can use uh, the fracking, the drill cuttings as, as ground cover, right? Yep. So what is the, what? what? So after you stack garbage all day, right? You get yeah. to cover it up each night. So now you can put the drill cuttings. Because you have to put dirt, right? Yeah, on top of that. So you can put drill cuttings on top of it now. So wait, now they're covering the top layer of garbage, which was supposed to be some sort of like a modified or. Yeah, they get, a, I think they just also got another permit to allow 
crushed glass. Glass, yep. As a wait, as a, as a cover. cover? Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't walking on that. <laughs> right. The irony, right, of when a, a recycling community we're trying to get more recycling to use. Wait a second. A wait, a second. Yeah. wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Doesn't Dunmore recycle? Yeah. Where's Dunmore. the glass coming from? No idea. Cars. <laughs> I don't know. So literally, like people's like bottles of Fanta are now used as covering. It says crushed glass. I'm not sure. It says crushed glass. Yeah, that's another. Thing. Well, how much glass are we making that we can have enough for a layer? I don't know. It's a lot of glass. You can't. Yeah. You'll never get to the bottom of all these calculations. It's because yeah. the scope of it and the magnitude is so high and so yeah. great. Well, yeah. There's there's so much coming in every single day. There's no way to to be able to regulate that. No. Right. And w- well, it's when- like immigrants. <laughs> Easy. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> When we ask over right, and Trump. over, we ask over and over, you know, how, like what's in this? What's yeah. what's and nobody knows. So how can you tell us it's not hurting us when you don't even know what's in all this fracking fluid and sludge and you know and drill cuttings? Like, right, you don't know. But well, we do well, they're know. proprietary chemicals that they can't uh, yeah, say because right. of what's what's the term? It's intellectual property of the yeah, company. They call it the Halliburton loophole or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Ah. but we do know it's getting into our groundwater. So I hope. I hope they're, you know, I hope it's not, well, no, we know it's horrible. Like, it's just horrible stuff. It doesn't the uh, the DEP or somebody have some sort of, uh, you know, health studies and things and how this is affecting, you know, uh, people's health? Okay, so now we're going to go into the black hole. Um, <laughs> so get Stephen Hawking here immediately. <laughs> we're into the weeds already. So for listeners, if you have, if you can take one thing away so far, it, the, this whole process defies common sense. Completely. Everything we've talked about, we're already way in the weeds, right? So go read up on some background if you'd like some more details. But Or visit friendsoflackawana.com. Yeah, go to friendsoflackawana.org and our Facebook page, uh, search Friends Lackawana. So, right, good question. The DEP is in place to protect the health of the citizens of Pennsylvania. Uh, so we started digging. We said, okay, great. Let's review the data of the health data and the environmental data that you've collected of the area's immediately surrounding and most impacted by this landfill. So that would be in Dunmore and Troop, right? Because the, the landfill is in Dunmore and Troop. And they've never done a single health study or collected any offsite environmental data to analyze. Ever. Ever. So ever. the records, are there's no records. No. So Do they do any on-site data? Yeah, they have regular, that's where a lot of these articles stem from, right? They collect, they collect some data on-site in terms of, you know, water samples. And, and there's, if you go up to the landfill and take the tour, there's some water wells that you'll sample and stuff like that. So there's some on-site stuff, which indicate problems, but there's nothing off-site. Um, unfortunately, water and gas and air, they don't know that the boundary of the landfill stops at a certain point, right? They just find its own level. They'll just go anywhere. So we started looking for some data and there is no data at all to look at, which is mind blowing. So if the whole point of this thing is you're saying it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, don't worry about it. You cannot factually or logically tell anyone it's safe if you don't have any data. So the line that we've been beating to death is, you know, in a world where data is king, we have none. And that is crazy. Hmm. That in and of itself is the reason to stop this thing right now. Yeah. Why isn't ongoing health and environmental data collection part of the process? And why isn't it being done in Swinnick? Right. Not only is it not part of the process, not only is it not being done in Swinnick, when you look at the regulations right now, they'll tell you they don't even need to accommodate that, which what, is crazy. As And they're using, what's their justification for being like, well, we don't have to do so, that. Well, we went to So we went to DEP for this data. There's no data. We then said, okay, let's go to Department of Health. There's no data. Department of Health was not going to do anything unless Friends of Lackawanna 
said, let's at least start this process. Right. They, they wrote back to us and said, oh, thanks for doing this. There, there was no incentive. There was no request to get this done before you folks came on board. Wow. And again, it just goes to. This is the Department of Health. Right. And they can't act unless asked to act. Um, and unfortunately, it, it, they weren't asked to act until we got involved, which is we're not trying to pat ourselves on the back. You know, friends like one on the back. It just seems like it's, you know, I said everything else we're going to say is going to defy common sense. This landfill is already huge, looking to expand in the middle of the big, the most, the densest um, region, the densest community in the state that has a landfill of this size. They want to go for 50 more years, and there's never been a health study or environmental study done. Just keep saying that out loud and think, what good comes out of this? It feels like you're in the bizarre world the deeper you get in this. Yeah. You think you're going crazy sometimes because you're thinking, how can this possibly be evaluated and considered right now? <laughs> well, it defies all rational thinking. It's- it does. On every level. Every level. So it it And if if that's not enough, I mean there've already been four subsurface fires, right? No, no, what's a subsurface fire? It's called a like a subsurface something Oxidation event. Accidation event. It's a fire. <laughs> fire underground. And there's yeah. like petroleum distribution engineer yeah, right. is a gas station attendant. And it's funny because, you know, it's it's over this incredible source of fuel. We've got coal mines, you know, former mines underneath and, and, and garbage itself, and, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's a matter, not a matter of if it's when will there be a natural disaster, a disaster, uh, some sort of a disaster in this. Fire. So we had four subsurface oxidation. So, so a subs, uh, let's just yeah, call it a fire. ground fire. It's a okay. Fire. So yeah. basically what it is, is somewhere down there yeah. amongst the layers, yes, a fire has started. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and did you know this rich? No idea. Yeah. Okay. So the fire started. Yeah. So there's a in, fire. In St. Louis, it's so bad right now. Like that this, I mean, when it really gets going, the smells are like, you know, people say it smells like death, right? Hmm. Like, and it just permeates the entire area. So, you know, we hope that never happens. We know that down in the Lehigh Valley, there's um there's a landfill. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Shrin or Crin, but remember the uh remember that earthquake back in 2012? Yes. Felt some aftershocks here. Yes. Those aftershocks actually caused a landslide at one of those landfills that to this day huh. has not been fully repaired. Wow. Let's play a little trivia question now. What's that? What do you think's going on with that landfill right now? Yeah. Blasting. No, they're seeking expansion. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one down in Allentown. Yeah. Oh, we didn't fix our landslide, but it's we really there. need it's to be bigger. The road. Yeah, they want to expand. It's blocking the road. <laughs> yeah, they still haven't cleared the road, but they of, want to of, expand. Of Incredible. literally crap. Yeah. 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 And they're not the biggest. Not even no. close to the Keystone. Not even yeah. close. And here's the other thing about our landfill: we're built over um, a, like former mines, so there's a lot, lot of voids underneath there. So a geotechnical firm and a good one, I'm going to say, you know, um, had to come in and do all these boreholes to make sure that the weight of all this garbage wouldn't make it collapse. However, one of the one of the project leaders is a nephew of the owners, you know. So there's just everywhere you look, there seems to be some conflicts. You know, and and right, you know, the the sewer authority is supposed to regulate the landfill, and yet they share the same. Isn't that a conflict of interest? Isn't like all of this a conflict of interest? It is, but that's also a problem with the regulations. You know, if they can get, you know, if you can do that, then you're going to do that. Like that's one of the things that needs to be fixed in the regulations that shouldn't be allowed, right? Um, And you know, another thing that I think is problematic is the sewer authority and the landfill share the same engineer and the same solicitor. So tell me Mm. how anybody's 
one's watching the other. So they have the same engineer and the same right. lawyer. Yes. And the, the landfill happens to be one of, if not the largest, quote unquote, customers of the sewer authority as well. So this means revenue for the sewer authority. <laughs> In theory. I think there's more to it, right? I mean, yeah. depending on what's being shipped from the landfill. Well, when you say you're authority. when you say you're a customer, well, it's either customer or cost, right? I mean, if you're yeah, if you're, if you're getting shipped stuff that needs a lot more treatment, you know, is it revenue or is it costing actually more? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who is benefiting from this landfill at all? Right. So the owners of the landfill, whoever owns that company, benefits, and the people that work there probably do as well. Though, we would say in the grand scheme of things, the number of people that work in this landfill or any landfill in a community uh, have such a negative impact on the surrounding economy and people that and companies that would want to move there that those jobs don't even come close to numbering the jobs that don't come or don't want to come because of the size of a landfill. Now, when you guys when you guys went up there for your tour, mm-hmm. um, did you did you talk to any of the uh, employees up there? Mm-hmm. Did you ask where they were from? So we went up twice. We went up for their open house. Mm-hmm. We've been there several times. But the first well, usually time open houses have balloons. It did. Well, balloons and hot dogs. I wasn't <laughs> yeah, exaggerating. Hot dogs. Yeah, for <laughs> no, no, for real. I mean, that were they sad. cheap hot dogs or were they like ballparks or were they? We didn't eat them. <laughs> didn't drink. That's uh, probably a good idea. Didn't drink any water either. Yeah, and the second time, you know, the, the landfill at that point was being engaged in conversations. They had all their minus the owners, all of their leadership took mm-hmm. us on this tour on the bus and you know so we had the chief science the people in charge of engineering and stuff up there and they took us on it they so we knew some of them some of them i don't know you know we didn't ask them where from the, the actual daily workers that are moving the garbage no we didn't talk to them and, and have an ask where they're from now do you as as a lawyer and as an architect um usually and to put it crudely you know usually all of all of us especially me i have a i think i have a pretty good bullshit detector I mean, was was your needles peeking? <laughs> there. I think you know. I think that. Pretty- and I know that that's not a scientific question. That's just in, that's just intuition. That's just street smarts. I, you know, I think everything that day was set up to be. Look at how wonderful this is. You know, um, but unfortunately, we know too much. You know, it's like again, there's when you just see this grass over over this mound, it's easy to imagine it's just a grassy hill. Mm-hmm. But when you really think of what's underneath there and what's getting into, I just think of a big garbage bag, right? Like with with a little bit open on top and that's the open face, you know, that they try to cover every day. It's an iceberg. And, yeah, basically. <laughs> and that like, you know, and then if you just pour water into that hole, into your trash bag, if you get, if you get some holes in that trash bag, which is the liner, yes. that's, you know, it's, probably thicker in if you scale it than yeah. the actual liner uh like what's going to happen just all that all that water that gets in is going to to seep out well just like electricity stuff like that wants to find the path of least resistance yeah. right. and where is so it's going to make its way we have it doesn't stay within the limits of the boundaries of the landfill right i mean you get into the groundwater you get into the soil and it just keeps going. Well, let's, going. let's explain something a little bit about groundwater. Like it's naturally there. Like yeah. underneath us, people don't realize that there's rivers. Right. In essence, right. that that carry right. water. A lot of people who have wells. That's where they get their water from. Right. From groundwater. It's right. just like, it's not magically like, it just replenishes itself. Right. There's actually a, a, like an, what's it, an aquifer? Mm-hmm. Or? Yes, an okay. aquifer. So I'm curious that um, if you go on Google Earth, mm-hmm. 
which I'm assuming is very representative <laughs> of what Earth is. And you look at the 81 380 Casey Highway interchange mm -hmm. and you zoom up a little bit. I notice what looks like a body of water yeah, that's, to the north. That's right. That's uh, Dunmore Reservoir number one. It's our backup drinking water supply. And it is approximately 425 feet from the boundary of the landfill. So I could... <laughs> is, that should send chills through your through your it, it body. Just, so, yeah. four, sorry, so 400, 425 feet, basically a car going at 40 miles an hour can get there in about three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll hear like, oh, we, it's back. You know, we don't, we haven't used it since X. Okay, it's still our backup drinking supply. Right. Now, have you guys been, and it's underneath. It would be lower than, so everything. Elevation-wise, it's, it's lower than the landfill. Right. So, just coming from a point of physics. Yeah. Yeah. Deductive reasoning would tell you that it's not, nobody's saying it is. Right. But it's probable. It's probable that... Just through the, physics alone. Whatever is underneath there. Is kind of possible. gradually, yeah. possibly, or definitely moving its way yeah. towards there. And when it's 200 feet, 220 feet higher, what could blow into there? You know? Sure. Like, how are you going to contain that garbage on that site? They, it's already all over the Casey Highway, you know? it's. I, I drove there yesterday, and, I, and, and I'm telling you, there's a moment where you hit, and you're like, oh. Ooh. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's my drive home. So I get yeah. it in the morning. I get it, you know, it doesn't smell like the vanilla the car freshener. No, no. And do you know, we had... Um, so it we smells had like a, newborn dad. Whoa. <laughs> we were hit with a $1.2 million bond trying to say that one of our cases was frivolous. Um, and, uh, you know, what they tried to say and what, what the argument was in the bond hearing was, um, how do you know that's the landfill that's causing that smell? There's a... There's a, a mulch company, you know, right over there too. You got to get pretty close to the mulch. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's truly, that was an argument and they were making it passionately. And, uh, you know, fortunately, one of the women who, uh, who was, um, you know, on our side said, you know, I love the smell of mulch. I know what mulch smells like, right. you know, uh, it's, not, it's not the landfill, you know, <laughs> it's a very distinct smell. Anybody who drives by the Casey Highway knows what that smell is. It's it's weird. It's like this rotten egg, methane, yeah, weird mm -hmm. smell it's that's very that's, distinct. Yeah, that you've never smelled before, right. right? Unless it was a bad situation. Yeah, but I've 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 certainly smelled a similar smell going by the landfills down in the Lehigh Valley. You know, it's like if you go by a landfill, you get that methane, rotten egg, sure. whatever it is, smell. It's it's very distinct. So, so you could even keep it here, right? Another thing that defies logic and defies common sense is we have another landfill right here. In Taylor. In Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. Alliance. We've got two landfills. So people say garbage has to go somewhere. Right. Alliance has, it's, I think it's between 30 and 40 years. Yeah, Alliance can take our, the local garbage for 30 to 40 years. Keystone is so much bigger. It could take it for decades and decades and decades on top of that. So hmm. people say, we have to put the garbage somewhere. I assure you, we have plenty of space for our own garbage for decades and decades and decades to go. So why do they want the expansion? They want the expansion to make money. That's the only reason these things come up. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
Now, uh, why aren't more people talking about this? This, I mean, it seems like, you know, you guys have gained a lot of ground in the last year and a half or so, but it seems like there's so many people are, are quiet about it, you know? Like, uh, I, I, why aren't more people really concerned about this, especially because it's an, it's an obvious health issue? I'll go first, and then Michelle can follow, because we could talk about this answer for hours. Sure. So the first part, I think it goes down to, you know, the laws of physics, right? Something stays in motion, stays in, you know, is going to keep going. People, it's been there. And to really form an opinion, you have to do some thinking and reading and and really evaluate what it is because it's been there and people say, oh, it's been there. If you start reading the facts and you start thinking about things, it's crazy. But inaction is always easier than action, right? Well, st- people default to sitting still. Sure. Um, so that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, you know, there's people are afraid to speak out against this issue in a lot of ways, given, you know, the ownership structure of the landfill and who owns it. And, you know, the owners of that landfill uh, are quite generous in donating all around. They know a lot of people and people feel like if they join our cause, it's a direct affront to them personally. Hmm. Uh, Our position is and always has been. This fight has nothing to do with families or personalities at all. This is strictly about the fact that it makes no sense at all to expand a landfill for 50 years in the middle of a residential area. That's it. It just doesn't. We're in the middle. A landfill does not belong in the middle of a thriving residential community. At its core, that's what this is about. It's about preserving our health. It's about preserving our community. It's about preserving our reputation. It's about all the wonderful things that could happen in this area. All the incredible things that I see, as Marky said, as an architect that are in the works or in the planning stage, you know, that could really transform this. I mean, we're all here. We love living here, clearly. You sure. know? And I moved back from the Los Angeles. Yeah. There was Johnny Depp was there. I came back here. <laughs> I came back from Washington, DC, but so no Johnny Depp. I didn't have <laughs> it wasn't as compelling. Um but you know But you had Paul Ryan. Oh yes. <laughs> Hot. Eight um, percent body fat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's it's and I, I felt I didn't think I was going to stay here at the time and fell back in love, right? And just realized how much there is to offer here. And yet, when I think of this 50-year expansion happening, I just see a black cloud over all of that, just stamped yep. out. Like, I can't imagine a positive future with that happening. And the fact that people are afraid to speak out is, um, is unfortunate because that's the only thing that's going to create the change. Now, to be clear, there are a ton of people that are speaking out, right? So we don't Mm -hmm. want to sound like the priest in church who yells at the people that are in mass. Right. Right. (laughs) Right? That's what happens. They yell at the people that are in church. Sure. We don't want to be that because we're not, we are super grateful. We started out as, as I mentioned earlier, the crazy people that you were like, good job, but you're, you're not going to win. Yeah. Um, Every day, more and more people are speaking out. I mean, the event we had last Monday is, is a testament to that. We've got, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, we were joking afterwards I personally didn't know the great majority of the people there, which was a great sign. Because at first, it's your family and friends that support you. And then yep. as you start expanding and as your movement grows, you start to know, see, you know, not know as many people personally, which is great. Because that means your mm-hmm. movement is gaining traction. So this thing is really turned in towards of awareness and people willing um, to join our cause. We wish that more and we hope that more. And that's why we do things like this podcast. And any, you know, anyone that wants to talk about this, we're happy to talk about. Because once you hear about it. I think it's pretty easy to form your own conclusions about it. I mean, f- f- we'll get to you in a s- Is it okay? I'll t- <laughs> me- you, you held the door for me in this one. <laughs> We're so polite. Um, 
I mean, full disclosure, like a, a year ago, I wanted to, to, to broach this and I was not, I was, I was warned. Yeah. You know, I, w- I was terrified to come out against it originally, you know, um, you know, I think, I think, look, there is definitely, um, there's definitely like, oh, you know, the, the, the owners, they do all these great things for the area, but like, but that landfill is the, you money, can't, is you, the money they do it with, right? And yeah, it's but it's like, it, but it's like the person who, you know, uh, you know, just, just because I have a frame of reference with sobriety and, right. and, yeah. and recovery and everything, it's like, you know, I did the program. I'm sober, but that doesn't make up for the decade of crap that I caused right. for everyone. Like I shouldn't get a free pass because I did something good. Yeah, you know, you can do you can do good things and do harmful things. I, I sometimes I feel it's they like shouldn't a, even out. Yeah, yeah, maybe they shouldn't even know. be compared. They're two totally no. distinct issues. Yeah, you know, and you know, like I said, I was I was politely told, uh, don't don't. Don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Don't have a public opinion. Yeah, um, but I, I, a ton of people. That was the that was the take of a ton of people. And I think when people objectively sit back and take a look and say, "Is this area fundamentally?" If you had to boil it down to one question, is this area better or worse off if this expansion gets approved? Right. To me, it's a no-brainer. I think to everyone, to is. I can't imagine and, anyone would answer the areas. And I off. think, and I don't know if anybody you know, thinks about this. I mean, the, the economic impact it has, the real estate impact it has, the environmental impact it has. If you want to talk about money, let's talk about money, yeah. right? KSL, KSL makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. All right. What about mom and pop businesses? What about the diners in Dunmore? Mm-hmm. What about the diners in Troop? What about the mom and pop shop that, 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 it's the handyman store. What about the daycares and the parks and the YMCA? What about all these places right around it? You know, I, oh, yeah. I worry about those places. I mean, because because I mean, those those the daycares and 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 the parks and and you know even even the YMCA yeah. line that section of eighty one yeah. yeah yeah. So on one side yeah is a landfill right. On the second side is is a place where kids play and yeah. grow up and learn There's and no imaginary barrier keeping no. all the stuff at the landfill. You yeah, know? it's not a science fiction film. It's no, reality. It's reality. And yes. that stuff is traveling, you know? And so it so I just start to think like how how can we be silent about this? How how can how can our our home values be at risk? How can our health be at risk and how can people not be and and to Pat's point people are. I think that I think the shift is absolutely happening. I think it's finally like, yeah. What? Like, why? Why? Why would we just put up with that? Why would we? Why would we do that? Even, even the you know the media to an extent. Uh, you know, I applaud the the Scranton Times for all the stuff that they've done on this uh, because there are other media organizations that are silent about yes. this. Issue. I also applaud WBRE. Yes, yes. WBRE has is, is um, been great but, too. But I mean, the they thing, were they were there uh, the other night. The thing that scares me, and I, you know, and I don't want to call anybody to task, and you know, I'll I'll. Damn, F it, I'll speak about it, whatever. Um, you know, uh, the, the the problem with this situation is, is that, is that, you know, if you look at, you know, I, I believe WNEP has an 80% market share. Yeah. Which means 80% of the people watching local news. Yeah. They're watching WNEP. Yeah. Um, uh, watch if, watch if, BRE. If they cover, if they cover. Yeah. 
this particular subject. Yeah. Their ad revenue goes down. Yes. I mean, because um, certain companies so, well, will pull in, in a lot of cases, it's always follow the money, right? But, you know, we had a we had a big event and it didn't get any coverage. And, I, I you know, it was a pretty significant event. So, you know, I, I guess people can draw their own conclusions. Yeah. Just again, let's come back to the common sense reality field, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we like to live, Pat. I try to live there all the time, Mark. Yeah. It, you've got an, an event, a free event that's educational for the public. That is the topic of which is, in our opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, the most impactful thing that will happen in this area mm-hmm. and could impact it for 50 plus years with a federal senator, a state senator, and one of the most, a, a Harvard educated toxicologist and the most famous environmental activist of our generation. In the head. In one room. Of in, DEP. In the head, John Quigley, right? The head yeah. of DEP. In one room, in downtown Scranton, with plenty of notice, and Channel 16 doesn't show up. I'm not pointing fingers. I don't know what their rationale was. They said they had breaking news, I think. Okay, maybe that's true. I promise you there wasn't a more important event happening in this region that night. And it's not because we put it together. Yeah, but usually what happens is you send the camera crew and the camera crew leaves because of breaking news. Yeah, I can't speak to that. How do you anticipate breaking news? (laughs) I can't can't explain the logistics of it. It was frustrating because, again, they don't have to cover an event. But given the lineup, ignore ignore the topic, just the people that were there. How is that not local news? Well, you're not not representing your viewers. It seems crazy, but it was their choice, you know? so what was what was what was the kind of like the feedback from that? I mean, I mean, where I really stood up and 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 took notice was, as you know, I have a a relative mm. involved with your organization, mm-hmm. um, and I was told, hey, why don't you stop by the the Dunmore the meeting the meeting you guys had at the Dunmore High School? Oh yeah, I I don't see that many many adults show up for a play that all their kids are in. <laughs> right, right. It was it was standing room only in the auditorium and people were being turned away at the door. So by way of background for listeners that aren't familiar with the event here, this was a public hearing that the DEP held Meeting. in Dunmore of last year uh, at the Dunmore High School. It was open to the public. Uh, there were so many people at that event, they had to lock the auditorium and wouldn't let anyone else in. Which I think is against fire code. What do I know? That's why they closed it. They said we're at max capacity. And it was. It was jammed. I think it was from six to 10, if I recall. Mm -hmm. It was over four hours. It ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. They had to cut off questions. Once you realize what you're dealing with and what you're looking at in terms of a future, people do seem to care. Mm -hmm. And they do show up when you give them the Mm -hmm. opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. I think our organization has been a help in that and helping get the word out because it's hard to follow everything. We'll distill that information for you. Just go to friendslackawana.org and or go to Facebook slash friendslackawana. You'll see all the information and people, you know, every event we've had, we've had the DEP meetings we help get people out. We had the meeting on Monday. We have, we've had our own public, our own informational meetings. The rooms are filled. Yeah. People care about this. They thing. do. Mm-hmm. We're so proud of the the people who, I mean. And you should be. We just need more. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing, and you know what? I think the thing that really scared me um, was I went to the zoning board meeting. Yeah. I'm fat. Look, I watched 70, seven seasons of the West Wing in like three weeks. <laughs> I'm fascinated. Speaking of podcasts, there's a new podcast on Did you see that? 
Yeah, the podcast West on the West Wing. Episode by episode narration of of the West Wing starting at 001. <laughs> Who's narrating it? One of the four, the actress from the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Here's what we did. Here's what this was about. Yeah. Here's how the walk and talk was created. Um, one of the th- one of the things that was very um, frightening to me was at the well it was actually a couple of things like the the zoning board meeting was like every one of them i just wanted to rip my hair out and scream yes um some of it was dull as meetings are yes uh and then there were some moments where it's like you guys brought in yeah. a 30 year professional 40. yeah 40 years who that that was his life yeah landfills yeah and they discredited him as a as a as a as a witness yeah they said he i don't know they had yeah, so that the, the, so what, what was the what was the exact word that he wasn't he wasn't qualified as an expert because he hadn't worked specifically on this landfill right. even though he's designed landfills for the last 30 years and now my thing is is like if 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 my heart's in trouble and i need a heart surgeon the guy who maybe not have a license but has been doing and he's he was licensed he had all yeah, of his credentials yeah. and everything yeah. but i'd rather have the guy who's been successfully performing heart surgeries illegally for 40 years than the kid who just got out of med school <laughs> you know what i mean yeah experience I mean, we, we didn't pull the experience is way more than the degree right you know if you've been doing it for but that he had long the experience and the degree right which yeah. is the thing that blew my mind and yeah. the guy came and he was and he was i think just as dumbfounded like the look on his face was like yeah what is yeah. like it was almost like is my whole life a lie yeah how did this happen yeah you try to tell people how things are up here and they don't believe it till they see it this is there's a whole this is a whole different world yeah, man it really is it's 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 a little crazy and you know the other thing that we we feel is like the parallels to what happened in flint michigan and what's happening here are very eerie. i was gonna bring that up yeah it's eerie it really is because you know in flint the people were screaming and shouting and showing evidence and had, you know, had all kinds of medical professionals backing them and, you know, showing the water that was like, we're doing that same thing. We are screaming to our elected officials. We are screaming to the DEP. And, you know, particularly in the beginning, it was like screaming at a wall. Hmm. Right. I mean, we've, we've moved the needle really far to the point that I think the tides have shifted. Yeah. But, it's it it was very much like Flint and so much as you feel like at first we felt belittled and um, marginalized and you know we were told over and over you're wasting your time you know and it's just it's it's just so so similar and so we we this time don't want we want to learn from that you mm-hmm. know we want to learn from the failures you know the systematic failures in in government and in the regulatory agencies in Flint and get in front of it. Well, time. those are just crimes. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's not let that be. Well, hey, is it that much different here? <laughs> well, I mean, know? that's but that's the thing. Right? That's why we're talking. That's why we're well, talking. Right? It, it was just a few months ago that um, people were sharing this article around, and then it came up again because I, I think uh, USA Today or one of those type of magazines also did a study or was citing a similar study, um, and then that got shared around again about the the water in Flint, Michigan, and it was talking about how Pennsylvania has all the all this lead in the water, yeah, and that you know it's it's in some cases twelve times more, yeah, than you know 
know, the stuff that they were talking about in Flint and, you know, it, it, people are sharing this, like, you know, being outraged. And it's like, you, you do realize there's, there's much more to it than that. Yeah. You know, like that's, we're just talking about the lead in the water from, you know, uh, lead pipes and, right. you know, paint chips and things like that. You know, like this, this is a whole other level of that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. this is, this is outrageous. It's, it's really outrageous. I mean, again, as Pat said before, sometimes I just, I just sit and think, you know, there's John Oliver's show. On, I love uh, right the last HBO, word. Right? Excellent. Excellent. Last, last week one, tonight. Last week tonight, there's a thing called, how is this still a thing? Yes. Yeah. And I just <laughs> sit here after, after a year and a half and I'm like, how is this still a thing? <laughs> right. How has this just not been stopped out of sheer lunacy and common sense? Like a five-year-old could tell you that this is a bad idea. Mm. You know, we shouldn't even, why are we even talking about it? Why? Like, why? And speaking of which, uh, have you seen any outside media uh, outside of Northeastern Pennsylvania? Like, like, shouldn't the New York Times be on this? Shouldn't, you know, all the all the major newspapers that you think are, are when you when you think of uh, in terms of breaking these types of stories well, and making them huge? It's much more sensational when you're like a Flint and the tragedy's already happened. Right. Right. So here we are trying to preempt it and say, mm. hey, before it happens, let's like right now, let's so, act right it, now. Well, I think so they're, they're almost no, waiting for it to, to happen so then they can write well, yeah, but, it. Yeah, but the scary, yeah. the scary thing is, is to reach that level. Mm -hmm. And this is, I could be totally wrong, but just for me thinking this, like you got to have a body. <laughs> like you know what I mean that's sure. the thing that makes sure. it scary and you guys are trying to avoid anything we don't that be has a, to do with that we don't want to be another cautionary tale we don't want Flint to have been in vain or or so many issues like it across the country right there are so many communities that have suffered sure and because of inaction because of people not being listened to because of not looking at the facts because of power money influence you know uh, we don't want that we're, we're, we are saying hey we have an opportunity right now to stop this, to stop the madness, as they say, and and not be another sad story, right? So well, let's- But this has been going on for over a century, even with the coal. I mean, if you go down, what, past Old Forge on Main Avenue, it's like that whole river is orange. Right. Well, those right. who forget the past are doomed to repeat it, right? Like, And that's what it seems like it's happening. It's like, yeah. that's why I had history. That's why I enjoyed history class in school, because I was like, oh, they made mistakes. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. So but let's not do that again. It's a good segue into this notion of environmental justice, right? Because yeah. it's this theory that people that get polluted upon and get taken advantage of continue to get taken advantage of. Because once you have something, you're more likely to have more of it and you're going to keep it. So there's this notion of environmental justice is a big thing in the U.S. right now. So sections of Dunmore have been declared an environmental justice community. And that means uh, a greater, more than 20% of a certain area are uh, either minority or economically under a certain threshold. And Dunmore has sections uh, that qualify as that. So what does that mean? It means that you're supposed to get more notice and more protections because there is, the, there is this notion that if you do the studies, areas that are you know, have polluting industries, have more polluting industries, right? Going back to your question, Mark, before about money. So what does that mean? The problem is in Pennsylvania, that flies directly in the face of what happens with landfills, right? Because with landfills, a landfill has to, by statute, pay the municipality where it sits a certain amount of money. It's called the host municipality fee. Right. So you've got these not great off economic areas that have a landfill and get paid for it. By the way, the the case law on the subject says, well, that fee is there to encourage people to take landfills. Okay. So what communities can least like least afford to say no to money? 
impoverished. Right. The ones that need it the most. Right. Right. And then once you get it, it's like a little bit of crack, right? Just how do you say no to it? You get addicted to it. That's your lifeline. So you've got this happening all over the country. And we're just an example of it. We're just doing it, you know, go big or go home, man. We're going for 50 years. <laughs> so, so, so I'm sure there's trends amongst trends amongst landfills and stuff like that when they get the host fee, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the average of a host fee for a community? Yeah. So it, it varies state by state and Pennsylvania is the state we're most familiar with. I think the average across the state is about $4 per ton of garbage. Uh, to the host municipality. So every ton of garbage that comes in, $4 goes to the on municipality average on average. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I think that's so, the number. So what's the number in Dunmore is getting? Uh, Dunmore until December of 2014 was getting 41 cents per ton of garbage. Excuse uh, me? Mandated by the state. They yeah. had to pay that no matter what. So they're, they're at, so <laughs> we're going to get into the weeds here. <laughs> the landfill split 60% in troop, 40% in Dunmore, roughly. Right? So the state says you can't pay a host city less than a dollar a ton. So Dunmore got 40% of a dollar, the state minimum <laughs> fee since the day that landfill was created. They then negotiated um, with it to get a new contract. And now they get a dollar 20 a ton, I think, you know, hmm. because- Even though the average is $4. Right. Well, Troop gets some too. So $2, Troop gets two bucks, Dunmore gets three, a dollar 20. So it's, it's, it's below, certainly below market rate, but it's not hmm. insane as it was. The problem though is, that money does what? It goes right into their application for expansion and they get credit for it. Wait, what do you, wait, 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 wait. Right. Explain it to so me. It like, all comes explain it to, to me like I'm as stupid as I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll try not to be as boring as I am in the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the landfill, so here's how it works it's called the harms benefits analysis. And the landfill submits a document to the state and said, here are all of the benefits to this project and here are all the harms and potential harms of this project. To win, you have to prove that the benefits clearly outweigh both the harms plus the potential harms. On its face, you can't do that right now, given everything we've talked about today already. But the thing that every landfill cites are the fees. So they get to put in their application, here are all the fees we're going to pay the state, which is like $6.25 a ton. Plus the municipality, which is in this case like $3 and some cents a ton now. And the courts and the DEP have said, okay, cool, you get credit for that. So let's not be naive about this. Why did this landfill at this particular moment in time happen to renegotiate their contract, which comma parenthetical was the worst contract in the state to this one, which is still the worst one in the state, just a little less worse. It's because they get credit for it in their application status. As a benefit? As a benefit. It's it's a it's a legal benefit. Um, which is, again, let's keep talking about defying common sense, right? This is all at the end of the day, the landfill benefits are all about money. So when you, so when you talk about harms and potential harms, mm-hmm. right? Some would argue that p- potential harms are could haves, maybes. Right. And they're intended to be that. Okay. Um, is there any hardcore harms like that are undeniable that this, these, this is going oh, to be a harm? Property values. Property values. Scientifically okay. proven. Potential harms. Health. Do you, do you remember water. do you remember in their harms benefit analysis? Right. So not only so they get to cite the harms, but then they get an opportunity to mitigate each and every harm. Mitigate, i.e. argue that they get to tell you why it's not really a big harm. So they'll say, well, there is the potential that this leachate could leak into the into the river. But we've got a lagoon system there, so it's really not that much of a possibility. 
even though they're even right. though there's there's evidence that they've bypassed in it. every single right. harm they get the opportunity to do such it's called remediate and it i can't stand that word now because it's it's like this is a perpetually polluting entity you know, at some point you it's can't designed. remediate it anymore. You, they only have to watch it for 30 years after it closes. Right. So the other thing about but it's the, also earth, water, air, it's earth, water, air, and all, all three are being compromised right now. All three. So without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and, you know, so they, you know, it's, it's almost like right now it's set up. So the onus is on the people to prove that, you know, that the landfill is harming them when really the onus should be on the landfill to prove they're not harming the people. Right. And that's that's a real problem with with how the whole system works at the moment, you know, and um, so I'm so I'm stupid. Yeah. So what you're trying what you're trying to what you're trying to say to me is that when multimillion, potentially billion dollar endeavor. Yeah. That has possibly endless wealth. Yeah. To prove to mitigate their yeah. harms, what's being told to you is is that the people, yeah. the hardworking people of Dunmore, show us how it's hurting you. Have to prove which which takes money, mm-hmm. which takes time. resources, which resources. takes time. Mm-hmm. We we walked the reservoir with the medical society. Was that it's like the Lackawanna Medical Society, and the gentleman we walked with said, "Well, you know, I don't." I don't understand what the harms are here. Like, unless you do a double blind study, blah, 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 blah. Like then, then you really can't prove that, that it's harming the community. Like, who is, what are you talking about? It's, it's like when, you know, you, you see all these reports and documentaries of people lighting their water on fire yeah. and, and you have these officials going, well, yeah. Well, there's but, naturally occurring but, methane in the ground. That's all it, that is. Yeah. Every it's, time. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, do you, do you get healthier living next to a landfill? You right. Know, like, like is that, <laughs> well, is methane. That good let's talk you? methane, right? Yeah. It's one of the. It's a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. An enormous amount of methane is produced and escapes into the atmosphere from this landfill and is burned off. They sell what they can. The rest of it gets burned on site and just goes into the atmosphere. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it breaks down. A naturally occurring byproduct of, of breaking down landfills is methane. They have these pipes that come out of the ground. If they can't sell it to someone, they burn it. And that's the gas that's getting into the air. There's also been studies about gas migrating through the coal seams underneath it and getting into residential homes. Well, just like why it finds the path of least resistance. Yeah. And the likely source was uh, alleged to be the landfill. And there was a study that was going to find out for sure. And it just mysteriously got stopped. Well, I mean, you know, look look how much, uh, how, how far cancer research has come, and yet we still don't know so much yeah. about people who get cancer and, and you know, form, forms of cancer and things like that. So, uh, th- th- there, there are people who might be affected by some of this stuff now that we're not going to see until they're 50, 60 years old or, right. or older or whatever, and then you could blame it on a hundred other things. Sure. You say, ah, oh, he was a smoker. Ah, uh, you know, he, yeah. he worked here or there, you know, yeah. like, he, he, it's, so it's so hard to 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 pinpoint them as as the exact cause of anything and they leverage that sure. you know it's so hard that you that it's so hard to to prove it in in air quotes that you can that it's they're actually contemplating a 50 year land expansion like because it's because it's so hard to prove that and so you know what what Stephen Lester the toxicologist said at our event he said you know that's why it's up to the people 
That's why people need to make noise. That's why we have to mobilize and tell the elected officials and tell the DEP. And like, that's, you know, it's, it's like the Margaret Mead quote, you know, the, the only thing, you know, never underestimate a group of thoughtful, committed citizens. It's the only thing that's ever changed the world, you know? Mm. And that's, that's paraphrasing, but you know, but that's the idea. And it's like, truly, that's what it takes. And we've said before, like, if this isn't your issue, stand for something. But, you know, there's, there's, a, there is a fulfillment to, to, you know, working on something that you really feel passionate is going to, is going to, you know, I really feel like we're going to save lives if we, if we stop this expansion. That's, that's my opinion. Right. Like, but I, I just like, the more I know, I'm like, there's n- absolutely nothing that makes me think that, you know, anything good is coming out of this. And, you know, as, as Lois said, you know, how, I can, I think, how dare they, like, I grew up in Swinix and, you know, and I just think of where that, if this expansion happens, like, you know, the town I love, you know, Dunmore, uh, what's going to happen it, already? The, the industrial park, who's there, who's there that's not connected to the landfill in some way. Hmm. Who, how many families are in Swinick? Best guess. There was an exact number done at the landfill, yeah. at the zoning hearing. I don't recall what the number was. It's mm. a ton of- oh, Hundreds, yeah. thousands? No. Hundreds. Hundreds of families? A hundred houses, maybe. Maybe a hundred, yeah. So about a hundred families. Yeah. With kids. Oh, yeah. Um, what, uh, uh, has DEP done any testing? They're only they've done intense a, like intense testing. The, no, nothing intense. They did um the mobile analytical unit went out and did an air study, and which is probably from. Can you get that at CVS? Yeah, it's, it's not the most uh, scientific <laughs> thing, but I'll tell you what, it didn't show good things. It didn't show good things in the air out, off the off the site of the landfill. So. so they haven't even. So they have they like so DEP hasn't even gone in there and is and is that because they don't have the resources or is that because you know look i'm not yeah it's a i'm not a both. geologist i'm not a no it's a little bit of both right so michelle is that your phone i put mine on mute but it does sound like mine <laughs> but I, I put it on the do not disturb hold on it might be ksl <laughs> <laughs> no what have i done yeah it's in the outside that's awesome <laughs> thank you oh, it excellent I knew it was I, you know, I'm always. There's a hundred percent chance that call is about this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's after eight o'clock. It's like the bat signal goes out. Yeah. So, have, so they they haven't done any research. No, so, the, so, so that you guys, so because the DEP DEP is there to protect us, and and Kennedy's or not Kennedy, according to their mission, Casey. You know, according to the Constitution, we have the right to clean water. Yep. Clean, clean air. air. Um, the aesthetics of the environment. You know, and so, and those are the big things, clean air, clean water, and- um, the Right like, to a healthy environment. The right to a healthy, So if anything, DEP should be there to at least prove that you have that. Right. Okay, so they've done nothing. Yeah. They, they and, monitor the site, so they-, they Then they like, collect- I mean, do they watch, for, like, eating a filet of fish in a truck, or like- uh, what Yeah, are, they generate a report every couple of weeks, you know, on-site report. Um, but is is it observational? So there's nothing yeah. there to be like. No, they have some well. They have water monitoring wells on there and gas wells and stuff. And that's that's what you have to do. Dig into the data though, right? That's the data that we can get and dig into. The issue with things like collecting, we're grateful for for the DO Department of Health that it started collecting this air sampling. That the DEP will look at, but they're going to collect it over a 90 day sampling period. 
right? They're looking at a 50 year expansion for something that's already been there for 30 plus years. Right. A three month test for. That's the beginning of a baseline. That's not a health study or environmental study. It's the beginning of a baseline by which you can compare other data to, because unfortunately there's no data to compare anything to right now. So best case, what you're doing right now is, is getting some data to start looking at this. How you can even consider an expansion and, and especially one of this scope with that limited amount of data defies logic and quite frankly is dangerous, right? So there's two outcomes here. Either this expansion does harm or it does good. Hmm. Why would you risk it that it could, I get, no, let me rephrase that. It's not, can't do good. It can do harm or less harm, <laughs> right? Why roll the dice on that? Sure. Right? It doesn't well, without, with, I mean, without properly, I mean, look, right. let's go to the law. Mm-hmm. Without, are you going to walk into a case without doing discovery? You're going to go to trial? In this case, you can. No, I mean you. Right, no, you never would. Because you wouldn't represent any of your clients at all if you didn't do discovery. You're right. just, ah, well, hey, Bob, we'll wing it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you're not, but even you as a, you know, an individual right. would never do that because it's not fair. Right. That's really what at the essence of, I think if you boil down to why do we fight, it's just not fair. Right. And you can't use that and get on your soapbox and yell, it's not fair. It's not fair without having the facts and the details and the arguments and the logic behind it. Um, but at its core, this is an issue about fairness. How much does this area need, you know, and we keep saying enough is enough. That's probably used in every environmental case in the country. But how? what burden does this area specifically have to bear? And for how many years? And how long are we just going to sit back and say, oh, whatever, we'll see what happens? It doesn't seem like that's a wise course of action if we want this to be a healthy place in the future. So doing my public school math, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And now you thought, Michelle, when you first started doing this, you just thought it was a 10-year expan- lease or whatever, yeah, and then it was going to be over. over. Yeah, about five years, it'll be done. So potentially, if this goes through, this landfill will not shut down until 2066. Well, here's the thing. Um, That's probably when they'll apply for another 50-year expansion. Because right now, under the current regulations, this could go on forever. We asked... Um, we asked the the consultant uh, for the so there's landfill. no end in sight even on paper. No. When we asked the landfill consultant, like why why 50 years? Like what? Um, <laughs> he said because we couldn't fit 100. That's all that. Are that, you shitting me? I'm not <laughs> kidding. That is like literally all that that like within the current boundaries and given the engineering, you know how high it will let things go. That's as high as they could make it you know, and, and be quote unquote stable and technically sound, um, supposedly. So that's why it's 50 years. Cause that's all they can cram into that site. Now, I'm pretty sure the owners own a lot around that site, you know, well, let's and pause so, right there for a second in yeah. terms of just talk about the 50 years. Yeah. right? So the 50 years is based on their current amount of waste that they take in per day. They, they're on average at 7,250 right. tons a day, Good. maximum of 7,500 tons a day. So if you take a trip down memory lane, here's how this landfill has started. They started with up to a thousand tons a day. Then they were allowed up to 2,500 tons a day. Then they're allowed 5,000 tons a day. Now they take 7,500 tons a day. If you just use historical precedent and just look at what's happened, the minute this expansion goes through, the plans are going to be in the works to start taking more, right? The initial application I believe had, as Michelle mentioned earlier, the ability to receive waste by train. Mm-hmm. 
which mis- which then went away. So the 50 years, it might not be 50 years. It might 25. be 25, but then you're taking 30 million pounds of garbage a day. I mean, what? and how do you, but, but at the same time, when you're, when you're bringing in that much, mm-hmm. how do you stay even as a business? Right. So let's say like no environmental issues, nothing like that. How do you, how do you keep up with that much garbage coming in? You bring more. Take you, it from further away. Yeah, you got seven hundred and fifty acres. People, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is if it could be up. So right now it's seventy five hundred tons a day. Tons a day. Mm-hmm. And if it uh, in a you know, God forbid, it's you know, twenty thousand. Yeah. By by definition, you now have to hire twice as many people. Yeah, certainly. twice as many vehicles. You, you need your, whatever your pumps are and everything, your processing plants and right. everything. You need to double them. You know, Mark, that's a good point because let's pause. Let's go back to that. This thing has been building and building and building for decades, right? Yeah. What you just said is a really smart point. Was this intended to house a hundred years of garbage when that first liner was laid down? I suspect not. Because they can't go back and replace it. Right. <laughs> so was this always the plan? I don't think so. I've never seen anything that says that. How... If there's already problems now, why would you stack another 50 years worth on top of it? What what are the underlying systems right now? I'm having problem in my marriage right now. Let's go another 50. Yeah, just piling (laughs) on. You're going to hop out of it. Here's another podcast for you for a later date. I think all marriages should be five-year contracts renewable. Okay. (laughs) Like a lease. (laughs) It makes people perform better. Anyway. You know, and here's the other thing. When the huge environmental disaster inevitably and eventually happens and it will Mm -hmm. Uh, the contract that currently exists um, does not have any language in it to cover that and we asked about oh wait 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 so it's no the only there's no certificate of insurance no there's (laughs) there's like a 30 million dollar bond that i think also has to cover closure i mean there's nothing that would uh in all the in all of the examples across the country when there have been massive landslides or underground fires or you name it, the people who end up paying are always the citizens. It's happening in Flint now too, right? Like, oh, the taxpayers, the they taxpayers. have to pay for the, Ta- eventually. It's going to be our problem, not theirs. There is no language. There are no term limits in that contract. There are no environmental protections. There are there are like tons of things that we kept asking to be put into the contract that the owners would not allow to be So when in. the shit hits the fan. Right. Right. You, me, t- whoever's around, our future generations who we seem to have just- Our kids, grandkids. Yeah. No no concern for at the moment. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be left holding a literal shit bag. Sorry. But like, that's what they're going to be left- I think left, it's a bag of shit. Whatever it is. <laughs> they're going to be left holding it. And there's-, there's Analogies and cliches aren't Michelle's strong point. We, already, we covered that early. People who live in glass houses shouldn't cross the street. <laughs> I love to mix metaphors too. That's my favorite. Yeah, you're like Schwarzenegger in yeah. T2. You're just like- <laughs> But this was a quote. Um, so- this is a quote by the New York State Health Department Commissioner David Axelrod talking about Love Canal back in the day. Um, he said, to this day, the Love Canal incident is remembered as a national symbol of a failure to exercise a sense of concern for future generations. And that's... That's incredibly wow. apropos that's to so, today. To today. And tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, what are we leaving? The future. So we want to mm-hmm. build the future, right? Every single landfill you'll talk to, they'll all tell you how great they are. 
we're environmentally responsible, we're cutting edge technology. Yet they've been doing the same thing for the last 30 years. So the line we can Well, they're use, working under DEP regulations from 30 years ago, correct? That's right. 100, right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And the line we keep saying over and over and over again that really people seem to grasp easily is, you know, it's 2016. That's like saying you have the best dial-up internet around. <laughs> yeah. No one wants dial-up internet. It's a thing of the past. Like, mm-hmm. Or this phone's that's connected to a bag. I can drive down the highway <laughs> and talk to people. Yeah. It's eight, it's $1,200, but it's amazing. You know, people would look at that. It's archaic. Yeah. yeah. It's time to start building for the future. And if, if, if things like this happen, and this specifically happens, unfortunately, I think it tarnishes the entire region. And I don't see a way out of that. I I don't want to... I, I, I don't... You two seem very smart. You know, you two, you, but you don't, but you're, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think, but, but you're not, Do when you I say, analogies? when <laughs> I say smart, what the, <laughs> when I, miss that? that's just a joke. <laughs> right. That has nothing to do with intelligence. You could tell a bad oh, joke. We don't even actually know what analogies are because I think we're using analogies and metaphors incorrectly too. So it's not, <laughs> that's all right. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think you have, I think you guys have enough life experience and, and education to at least come up with a, 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 a plausible idea of the future, mm-hmm. a reasonable idea of what the future is going to be. Not like the, you know, Independence Day version of like, well, you know, yeah. aliens are going to come destroy the planet. We really have nothing to worry about. Dystopia. Yeah. Um, just looking through what you look through, all the documents, all the scientific reports, talking to people who have mm-hmm. experienced this, Lois Gibbs, 37 years steeped in it. Yeah. Um, where do you, realistically, mm-hmm. what do you see happening community-wise, economic-wise, um, health-wise, in the, and, and, and not speaking as like, you know, the end times are near. Right. But as it, but coming from a point of like, realistically, this is what's probably, this is what this area is going to look like in 10 years. This is what this area is going to look what? like in 20 years. If the expansion happens. If, if it happen. goes through, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the pot of boiling water slowly boils to death. Yeah. We slowly decline. It's not going to be this, everyone packs up their bags and leaves. It's going to be gradual. It's just going to be mm-hmm. slow and a gradual decline Why this goddamn mountain grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's there's people have lives, people have businesses, people have leases, people have X, Y, and Z. You don't just haul up and cancel everything unless there's God forbid an actual disaster that you know evacuates everything like Love Canal. But over time, people, fewer people, we, you know, we've got this massive brain drain area already, right? People leave the area after they get educated. They come to school here and don't come back. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help reverse that. That's not going to happen with things like this. Well, I don't think I, I think people have this 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 nostalgic feeling about people coming back. Yeah, we quote unquote. It, right? <laughs> yeah, but that, but but what that means is it means new new tax revenue. Mm-hmm. It means it means money towards infrastructure. It means you know building up your community. It means having you know an after school program for arts or or whatever. It means all that. What you're saying right now is like, and that's I think that's part of the reason of Scranton. It's like the population has declined, yet we're say, we're paying the same bills. Like you got to right. get rid of some shit, <laughs> or else you're going to go broke. That place is you know in my estimation like Centralia, Sia. We're still going to make money. 
So I think that there's the irony in this whole, one of the ironies of this issue is by raising this issue, sometimes you'll catch flack from people saying like, you know, you're really talking negative if this thing happens and you have to. You can't it's put, a negative thing. Well, you can't put yeah. your head in the sand and just pretend it doesn't happen. You know, you got to face your issues to make them better. You can't just ignore them, right? So the people that are saying these negative things, you know, friends like Juana, people that are talking to us like this, it's not negative because we want them to be. It's negative because we're fighting for a more positive and actual chance at a better future. Mm-hmm. It's not this doomsday scenario. We're trying to prevent that, as Michelle said. That's yeah. the whole point. Get ahead of it. But your negative... See, the thing about the truth is the truth is positive and or negative. Right. This is all true. Right. right. The facts, it is what it is. Let's so, when anybody, so when anybody says you're being negative, that's it just, it's good because, because apparently you're taking the truth and seeing it as a bad thing. Right. So and, why don't you do something about it? And like you said before, where is the positive? I mean, right. what positive can you say about a landfill expansion? You yeah. know? That, Who does it, does it, does it benefit the town of Dunmore, the towns of Dunmore Troop? Yeah, in the short in the short term, because they get these host city fees. In the long term, we believe it drives out every business. But who area. gets it? You know, the like borough. if I if I but the actual but, townships. But I li- but let's say I live in Dunmore. Do I see a penny of that? Uh, this year, your garbage fees were removed. That but that doesn't. So that saved me what a year? One hundred and fifty dollars, I think. So in essence, we're going to poison you. Here's 150 bucks. Thank you. Right. And your home value, depending on where you live, has been. So if know, my house is worth 100,000, now it's worth 86,000. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah went, oh, but I got 150 bucks from the trash. Fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So that's the only benefit to the citizens of Dunmore and Troop. Yes. It's money. It is, all- is, that, is that they saved $150 on their garbage fees and lost 14% of their home's worth. Right. And the borough has more money, theoretically, to do things with. The problem is, that's not a sustainable future. Right. Right? No. Without There's, a tax base, you don't have a sustainable Again, this future. thing slowly erodes, right? That's why this is, it's kind of hard to wrap your arms around this, because it's its not an immediate drop off a cliff. It's a slow it erosion of, of everything. Mm-hmm. It's a slow erosion of people not moving back. It's a slow erosion of companies not starting here. It's a slow erosion of companies not moving here. How many failed economic projects have we heard about in this area? let's get some off the ground there's a bunch of them that have started the med school is a great example Mm -hmm. but that stuff stops if things like this go forward yep because nobody's going to want to come here why would you why would you that's a terrible thing to say well underneath you you don't know what's going on why take based on one source why why would you take that chance why would you put your family in that potential i just i don't understand why the people of green ridge aren't and maybe i'm just not seeing it but i'd be irate Mm mm-hmm as as a as a mother or a father or a resident, especially of Green Ridge, yeah, you know these are people these are people who complain about potholes, but when their house stinks, yeah, where are you? And I think that's starting to change. I think if you looked at the makeup of that event on Monday, there are a lot of people I knew from the Green Ridge area as well. Are you starting to see more vocal support from them? Yeah, and I think they're just finding out about the change to the permit. I think they're just you know. I think this is all new information and, you know, I do think there is outrage and I do think people are mad and I hope we see them, you know, I, I hope they're, they're vocal about it because again, and I, I'm going to keep hammering this point home. It's they're they're the tides are turning and it's going to be, it's going to be the people. It's going to be getting involved. It's going to be writing letters to your elected officials and the DEP. It's going to be making noise. Like that is what's going to cause the change here. 
That is so so it. so so the so the thing that that could that could that could slay Goliath. Yeah. And we, and look, we don't I don't think anybody in this room wants any harm to come to anybody who no, who is no. employed there or, no, no. or who owns it. Nope. It's it's just like enough is enough. Like you have to realize what you're doing. So the only thing that people can do is be active. Yeah, ex- absolutely. And, and that's going to that's going to really change the tide of the whole thing. Absolutely. In an enormous way. That's what it's going to take. Absolutely. Now now how can people do that? I think a, a huge thing they can do is putting the pressure, you know, writing to elected officials and writing to the DEP. Now, a lot of people don't know who their elected officials are. So here we make it really easy. Go yeah. Friendslackawanna.org. And we have everyone, we have forms already built that will automatically send it to everyone. The DEP officials, the state officials. I, you guys are so like mm-hmm. on it. We've been on it for 18 months now. This <laughs> <laughs> right. wasn't like the That's first day full term pregnancies. <laughs> we are, we are there. Yeah. Now I, I have I have a question real quick about I did go to the zoning the zoning meetings yeah. and I'm a layman I'm an idiot yeah um the, the the argument that friends of Lackawanna put up against the zoning board was that in essence what they were building was a structure yep mm-hmm. now according to Dunmore Charter what it what, what is it hearing board. Dunmore Hearing Board. Oh, the Dunmore the, Zoning Code. The Dunmore, the, yeah. the Dunmore Zoning Code. Yeah. You cannot have a structure over 50 feet tall. That's correct. Okay. I have a question for you, and I was there, and, and I think Jordan Yeager did a fantastic job with you guys. I especially enjoyed watching you speak. I was like, Being I was cute. like, man, that dude, like, he could be under sniper fire and yeah. just still be like cool, calm, and collected. It's amazing. Um, I, I, I always wanted to pose this question. Because, you know, listening to it and the arguments and everything, like mm-hmm. when I think of a structure, I think it's something, it could be the Eiffel Tower yeah. going back to the yeah. scale. If in 50 years, they say they're done, mm-hmm. magically we figure out a way to, you know, remove dirt and garbage right. with a with a photon laser beam from space. <laughs> what's going to be there? Because I always thought of it as like there's going to be pipes and there's going to be that's exactly what it is. So, so after so there's going to be 250 feet. If you removed all the dirt, all the garbage, all the linings, everything from out of there in 50 years, mm-hmm. you're going to be left with pipes. Literally a structure, pipes, yeah. anchor bolts that look like any that kids set. can climb. Yeah, it would look like an erector set. Yeah, and, they, and already, that's not a structure. It's already a, according to them. Well, we say it is. The, the Pennsylvania courts say it is. The higher levels of courts that we're going to say it is. So we're super confident on that front. It's already been decided. A but I mean, but, but I mean, does does my stupid way of looking at it no, make you're exactly sense? Right. So this is where landfills, all landfills, not just this one, talk out of both sides of their mouth. We are so complex and highly engineered and sophisticated, nothing to worry about. Not a structure, though. No. <laughs> how do you say both of those things? Look at these, how intense these plans are and these pipes and these, we're capturing every ounce of methane you possibly can and I, we're anchoring this thing to the ground. There's literally anchor bolts that tie this thing all together. It's metal, steel, and aluminum. What? But, but we're not a structure. It, it, if it defies, again, keep going back to it, right? It defies logic. But Pennsylvania Supreme Court has ruled that it is. So we feel, as Pat said, confidence that we have the facts and the law on our side for the higher courts. So what's, what's, you want to? 
Okay. I just opened the door. I was just like, hello, Rich. <laughs> Let me and, get and, this you for know, you. The, the one thing I do want to say too, uh, you know, in terms of people saying like, oh, you know, can you really make a difference? Like, you know, can you really change it? Well, yes, of course we believe we can or we wouldn't still be doing this. But one thing is for certain, if Friends of Lackawanna and all the people committed to this who are, you know, following this effort, supporting us, if we weren't here, it would have happened already. So that's scary. So we're making a difference. You know, we are actively making a difference. And, that's commendable and scary. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we're committed for as long as it takes because we love this area. That's it. So do I, like, I came back we, here. We're not making and believe we're not making any money off this, right? Like there's, if you boiled it down, if you boiled it down passion, to, right? if you boiled it down to time and material. Oh, you don't, I can't even, I can't even. No, thanks. What is owed to you? I can't even. I don't know, but I, but we have a great legal team. So uh, that's, that's who we have to, that's who we have to pay. But, and they're excellent. I mean, we really, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have the, the legal team on this that, and there are a couple things happening at the same time. There's the, the zoning, which is under appeal because big surprise, Dunmore didn't think it was a structure. <laughs> wow. That was, that was, we didn't see that. Coming. I don't look, I'm I don't, miles away. I, I can, I can, are we radio personalities yet? Can I be the wacky whatever? All right. So for me, I don't want to, I'm sure they're all very nice people. Um, but it was literally like, I, I thought it was watching, like Barney Fife. Like, I thought it was, I'm like, what am I watching? And, you know, no one asked any relevant question. Nobody seemed to care. Mm. Uh, and in my estimation, it seems like that whole board's mind was made up before anybody walked in the room, mm. which scared me. Um, like I said, I, have a, I think I have a pretty good bullshit radar. Yeah. And... You know, there was a couple of times, like, I don't, I'm not the guy who's in the back of the room that goes, oh, come on. <laughs> and I did it about four or five times in those meetings. And I'm supposed to remain like ambiguous yeah. on what I, you know what I mean? There was a couple of times where I was like, yeah. and that lawyer's slick, man. That oh. lawyer from Philly, oh, slick. I know. But he's a self-professed, eh, this is kind of like the first time I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> and that was one of like his opening statements. Yeah. I'm really not familiar with the town. Yeah. But you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just very hard to swallow and grasp. What do you th What do you think? I mean, what's the future look like for for Friends of Lackawanna? Like, what's what's the what's the things coming up? Yeah. That that you know people can at least be afraid of, <laughs> <laughs> or get involved. The with. outcomes, or get involved. Yeah, because you know, don't don't forget that. I think the big thing is like we really. Thanks to thanks to like the 400 people plus that showed up the other evening, like that made an impression that especially on the elected officials and on the DEP, the tides are turning, you know. And so uh, the biggest thing people can do, like we said, is to keep writing. But people should know what's happening and, and what's happening in the process right now. And I think Pat can speak to that. Yeah. So we've got as we've talked about a, a bunch uh, during this podcast, we've got there's really three separate issues going on in parallel right now. The first one is fighting the expansion. So that looks like it's a, you know, there's some plans and some back and forth, as we mentioned earlier, May through end of summer as of now. There's some back and forth on that in terms of the environmental assessment. We're challenging, uh, we have a, the appeal going on the zoning case right now that's actively going on as well. Uh, they're just starting to set some dates for that. 
So those dates will be set pretty soon in terms of oral arguments on that. Uh, the third issue we're doing right now is we're challenging them, ignore the 50 years. Based on the information we've already found, we're saying you need to shut this thing down now. So we're challenging their mm-hmm. actual operations right now. So what happened is that DEP gave the, gave the landfill a 10-year extension last year and said you can keep operating for 10 more years. Uh, based on your, it's a permit renewal. It's, Remember, it's different than the expansion. Right. It, it, under operations. their existing permit, you can go for 10 more years. Um, we're challenging that as well. And that's in front of what's called the Environmental Hearing Board in the state of Pennsylvania. And that's an independent judicial body uh, that hears those cases. And we are now going through discovery um, in the deposition phases now. Now, the, now the, first, the first two things, which is, which is the, um, the second one was the zoning appeal. Mm-hmm. What was the first one? The expansion challenge itself. Okay. Now those, especially the appeal, mm-hmm. right? Where is, what, what court is that in? Where does that, where does that, where is that appeal heard? Where is that? Sure. So the zoning appeal is being held in, in heard in Commonwealth court. So Pennsylvania Commonwealth court. Local or away? It'll or be local. Here, mm-hmm. Where? Uh, in Lackawanna County. Scary. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Again. Now we, is that down at the courthouse or where is that? Yeah, it'll be in the courthouse. Regular hearing. Okay. And the the opposition to the expansion is where's where does that get held? The the actual opposition to the you haven't had a hearing or anything. No, on there's yet. no hearing, so that, there, there's nothing to challenge or appeal. Then we're just making our points now to win right now. They haven't made a decision there yet. So we're mm-hmm. we're doing everything we can to actually have that decision come in our favor. Right. But even if it does, if it does, they have a right to appeal that. Correct. Right. Yeah. So we have the operating permit appeal. We have the zoning appeal, and then right now the they're actually looking at the expansion to say they're looking at the harms and benefit, you know, and that's what we're trying to say, as we've said through this entire cast, that the harms grossly outweigh the benefits. Is this, is this possible to work its way up all the way to at least the Pennsylvania state Supreme court? (laughs) We were told by some uh, consultants of the landfill that, They'll just take this to the Supreme Court if they have to. So we'll see what they want to do. Um, <laughs> I mean, are you guys willing to go the distance? I think we've proven that. I, I think the, so I think one of the absurdest points of view here is that the landfill acts as though they have an inherent right to this expansion. Like, it's almost like, it's not whether it's, it's we have the right to this. No, that doesn't make any sense to us. So yeah, we're fighting this every chance and every step we can. We can continue to do so because we've been so fortunate with both financial support from donors, of course. Donate more, go to friendslakawana.org, click on the donate tab. Um, but as well, the, the populist change of voice and, and support has been super beneficial as well. There's only so much noise five or 10 or 20 or 30 people can make. But when you send hundreds of letters to DEP and you send hundreds and thousands of emails out, to people telling the elected officials that you're not happy with it. That's what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. But you guys have already done the legwork on the website too. Right. Well, ready to roll. Just, just, yeah, all you got to do is put your, say that you yeah. sent it and you yeah. just send it right but to you, your- You should write what you really feel, like right. why you oppose it. They want, they don't, it's not like a form letter, Yeah. but you can write in what you think, but when you click send, it'll go to all the right, to everybody who needs to get it, mm-hmm. right? So all the elected officials in the DEP, but it's your thoughts, right? It's like, it's, it's how you feel. So that way they're not, it's not a form letter. Right. Yeah. It's, um, this, I'm against this because dot right. dot dot. And and you and everyone you say tells why. their own story. And I think that is one huge way people can be involved. We can't say enough how important it is for them to hear call 
write letters. Letters at least are lasting, but calls are really good too. And, um, and you know, on we have over 3,000 followers now on our Facebook page. Follow the Facebook page. That we're page. brave enough that, <laughs> to like I'm it. I'm telling you, you're in really good company now. You'd be surprised. People are just not, a, people are coming out of the woodwork and just saying enough is enough. And like, this is, the, we, this, our community is our community. We love it and it doesn't deserve this, you know? And so uh, watch on there because there are a lot of like calls to action and um, we're going to be having a lot of fundraisers, but the fundraisers are a lot, of, they're fun too. You know, we have a good time. It's a great group of people. One of the- There's silver, no D. It's just fundraisers. The fun, fundraisers. <laughs> ooh, can we use Michelle that? Michelle will be using this now every oh, single day. That? That. There you go. Um, that was free, Michelle. I do love that. Good. I'm a capitalist, you. but that was free. Thank you for your contribution to the cause. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we said one of the silver linings to this is the friendships that have been forged, you know, and, uh, that's, that's kind of a really special thing, you know, um, and, and they'll be there forever. And this, this is something that, uh, crosses party lines too. I mean, as we get more yeah. and more political, this is so the, apolitical. It's uh, you know, funny. as the elections come up and everything, you know, people start to get divided and everything, but this is an issue that isn't uh, liberal or conservative, you know, this affects everybody at, at, at the same time though, I think, and this is just me speaking on behalf of me, you know, if, if you have, if there's elected officials, you know, elected officials are supposed to represent the people and what the people want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're supposed to be the extension of you so that, you know, Dunmore, I believe, has 12,000 residents. Approximately. Approximately. 12 or 14. Somewhere. So they have representatives so that 14,000 people don't show up in Harrisburg, you know, to try to vote (laughs) (laughs) on bills and measures. And yeah. um, So, I mean, you know, you, you, you have to pressure your local representatives because if they're not representing the will of the people, they're not doing their job. And it should be. Does said, that make sense? Like, yeah, and it should be noted and really noted by the elected officials that there have that there have been several uh, several candidates who lost their seats for not having an anti-expansion position. They were for the landfill. They were mm-hmm. either for or they did said nothing. So they they either relate they just refused to take a stance on yeah, it. Yeah, because refusing to take a stance to me is the same as. Saying yeah, you might as There's well. There's no excuse, no, right? Yeah. Eighteen months ago, maybe you could say, oh, "I got to learn more." If you're an elected official of this area and you're not well versed on this specific issue, you don't deserve your job. Mm-hmm. Because this this isn't there's just, nothing bigger. Yeah, but there's this isn't just a Dunmore Troop thing. No, 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 no. no, no. This is this is it's regional. Believe it or not, it's 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 almost the entire county, if if not more. It's yeah. northeastern Pennsylvania. That's how we group it. It's the entire northeastern Pennsylvania, and if you were not. If you if you are elected, as you said, Mark, to represent people of this area and you don't have an informed decision on this issue, you do not deserve your seat. It's as simple as that. There is nothing bigger facing it that you can represent your people on than this issue. If your job is to build a future for tomorrow and you don't have an opinion on this, you don't deserve to be there. Well, it, I mean, their argument, you know, I got to create jobs, whatever. This is going to take away so much industry. It's going right. to take so much, so many jobs away. Even if somebody's coming in to make candles, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. landfill, not making candles. Well, listen, if you're coming in to see this area and you're being driven from the airport, you know, across the valley, you see to two, Clark Summit. You see two landfills. <laughs> you see the, the ridge of our mountain on the one side with power lines the entire way. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> right. And now potentially, you know, potentially you'll, you'll have power plants too. So I'm like, like, where is our respect for ourselves? 
where's our respect for our environment? Where's our respect for, you know, our, our people? Uh, did we not learn from the coal industry? No. You know, like, so, you know, this is our opportunity. Change starts at the first step, you know, and it's the hardest is, step is the hardest step is the first and one. And it gets and, easier as you go. And, and truly this is, this is our chance to say, that's it. We're not taking it. In. We're not literally, we're not going to take it anymore. Right. <laughs> like that's, this is it. We, we have too much pride in ourselves. We love our area too much. And we believe in the future. If you don't believe in the future, then don't do anything. If you don't care about future generations, then don't do anything. You know, if, uh, if you don't care about your kids, you don't, don't care about, about your, your kids or if you don't care about your job. Yeah. If you, if you could care less about, you know, uh, how this place will financially do or, you know, what the health is going to be like, then don't, don't just sit on your hands. We don't care. But if you care at all, like now is the time really right now to get involved, especially on this issue, because I think it all starts here. I, I applaud everything that you guys are doing. And I Thank think, you. you know, you guys had the guts to stand out in front of it. And in a, in a strange, you know, in a realistic way that I think people listening to this can understand is like you put your reputation on the line. Mm. You put your livelihood on the line. You know, we hear that. Thank you. First, second, uh, first speaking for myself. And once you do a little bit of reading on it, it's actually really easy. Yeah. And once you read and, and learn about this issue. You mean you it's almost, easy to make the first step? Yeah, no, you yeah. feel guilty not getting it. I mean, yeah. how could you live in this area and learn about this and be silent? That's, you know, there, there's, everyone can't get involved. There are business ties and stuff, you know, I, we understand that. But you can silently get involved as well. It, you know, we appreciate everything, the kind words that everyone has to say about, you know, thanks for being the public. Michelle and I, for better, as I joke, for better and for worse. <laughs> we oftentimes are the voices of this thing. But there's so many people helping. So many. Now, as far as donations, like people can give anonymously. They can give. Sure. Go back to that website, baby. Yeah. There's lots of information. Friendsalakawana.org. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's that's this that's the thing here. Like, there are there are so many people who support what we're doing, even though if they can't, even if they can't say so loudly. So it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm afraid to come out because it might hurt me professionally or my whatever. There are so many people who've got your back. There's so many more people who've got your back and are are happy that you're you know that you're doing this, are proud of what you're doing, um, than there are people who want to hurt you for speaking out. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and I'm not gonna use Senator Casey's line because he used the Constitution as justification. I'm gonna yeah. use morality. Mm. I think it's wrong. Yeah. I think what they're doing up there is wrong. I think uh, I'm not I, I'm not against capitalism. I'm against no. capitalism when it hurts people. Yes, that's it. And exactly. uh, I think I think anybody should make as much money as they want as long as they don't Go hurt anybody. It. Yeah, yep. that's it. 100%. And that's at the end of the day where I stand. Yeah. So come at me, pro landfill people. <laughs> I'll just make videos. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I'd just love to see the arguments. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, are you say? Do you really? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sure I'd find something to say. <laughs> it's not going to be nice. My mom's from Westside. Yeah. And so you, shit gets real, real quick. The, the other thing that Friends of Lackawanna is sort of doing on a, on a bigger picture, like this is a local issue, but on a, in a, you know, we understand that there are issues with the process and the regulations too. And we're willing to participate in that change, you know, in, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle in, uh, you know, how do we, how do we create better, but as a better laws around this, but like as 
Pat said, there will be no incentive to change as long as expansions keep getting allowed. You can't get to the next step. If you keep allowing expansions and a cheap way to dispose of the garbage, yeah, then then there's never going to be incentive to to uh, you know eliminate or reduce the waste stream or find better ways. Well, yeah. it's one of the, it's one of those things like you know, let, let, forget the landfill, lose the landfill. You live in Dunmore, right? Yeah. Your neighbor starts parking old cars in the yard and not cutting their grass, and you know, there's you know, just like a it's a, an, an eyesore, yeah. blight, or whatever. Yeah. That's going to reduce your property value. Just even that. It is it is such a blight right now. When you look again, just just go to. I mean, I'm just trying to get perspective yeah, on like, totally. okay, forget the landfill. Yeah. What about your ne- next door neighbor who's literally expanding? Right. The crap <laughs> next to your house, you're not gonna you're not gonna willingly just sit there and be like, ah, it's just Sean. Yeah, thanks, junk. <laughs> he likes no, Sean, you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah, and you know you can't right as of right now. I think they've they've got some sort of a thing going on over the lines, but right now, like you can't even grow trees on that. Like so, that's what you're gonna see when you talk about the aesthetics and our our natural resources are one of the biggest assets to our region. And that's why the power lines make me so mad. And that's why looking over that tremendous, you know, cancerous eyesore, you know, that bald spot on the side of the mountains, like it just, you know, I find it painful, you know, it's just painful and like, but it can get worse. Trust me, it can get a lot worse. So let's stop. Well, if everything goes the way, yeah, you know, the the other side thinks it's going to go, it's going to get worse. We keep telling Areas like Allentown that also have two landfills in close proximity to each other, like we do, we keep telling them, we are your ghosts of Christmas future. You don't even know how bad it can get. And, you know, and we need to stop this now. And the only way that happens is if everybody who's listening to this gets involved and write the letters, come get on our Facebook page, come to our fundraisers, hang out with us, uh, you know, help us. There's a lot of times we need help passing out flyers or, you know, canvassing like this is this is the marathon and it's not over and we're going to need more help. So um, and we've only gotten to where we are because of the people who, you know, who have supported us. And you got a great group of people. We do. So facebook.com backslash friends of Lackawanna. Yep. Friends of Lackawanna.org. Yep. You can donate there, get any information that you're, that at least you guys have. Yeah. Um, we take anonymous donations as well. There's mailing addresses on there, take money orders. You do whatever you want. Um, we've had a bunch of people take advantage of that already for a lot of the reasons we've talked about tonight. Yeah. So you can do anonymous, anonymous donations as well. Parting words. Well, we appreciate you coming on and uh, and getting in depth in this issue and and you know talking about it in a way that I think uh, you know anybody could understand and and want to get involved. You know, it uh, like you said before, it it uh, it makes your blood boil. Yeah. You know, the more that you think about it and the more facts that get laid out in front of you, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to do anything else but fight it. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to to come here and talk about it. And again, we sometimes we at this point sound a little laid back about it. You know, what I really want to do, like I said, is scream. Sure. And really, I like want to scream and just, you know, and run from house to house and shake people and be like, your, your children, you know, like yep. this is bad. It is bad. But like you can't stay that we've got to get the job done, too. Right. Sure. And uh, and I think. I think that, you know, having opportunities like this helps spread the word and we really appreciate it. If, if I may, 
I believe that there's more good in the world than bad. Me too. I think that you guys are doing something good. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you guys are the true embodiment of Batman and or Superman. <laughs> so can I make a deal with you? Sure. If, if we can all get together and protect our assets, our community and stop this thing. Yeah. Will you guys dress up like superheroes? <laughs> Sure, we have to be what Green Lantern though. I mean, you could be whoever you want. I don't oh, even care green. if you're Aquaman, Pat. Like you could be. I want to be Firestar. Well, this... Do you remember the Spidey friends? I do. Yeah. Uh, the, yes, uh, uh, Spider Man and his amazing I don't friends. I know if I can pull off that spandex suit, but you know, whatever. Huh? Do you could be fine. Hair. We'll all dress up. I think honestly, I think I think we deserve it. No, well, you guys, not we. I'm just be, looking for a reason to dress it could up. Be a good fundraiser, right? Yeah, like you're your best superhero. <laughs> yeah. I like where this is going. The fun fundraiser. Fundraiser. Right, right. Oh, oh. Pat, did I create a monster? No, she's already. It's there. a super. It's a, it's a super fundraiser. I, I just ignored that. And a kept super going. fundraiser. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think you guys are awesome. Everybody who listens awesome. to this, please go check out facebook.com backslash friends of Lackawanna. Go to friends Um, Give, educate yourselves. Don't stand idly by. Be on the right side of history because I think this is a horrible, horrible thing. And the facts are out there. You can make an educated decision for yourself. Nobody's telling you which way to think, even though we're attempting to. (laughs) But go out and find it out for yourself because the truth doesn't lie. Water's wet. The sky's blue. The landfill's bad. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks so much. (laughs) 